Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Oh, show number. Anybody? Bueller? 180, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes. Show 180. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. Yeah, I'm Rich. I feel like reality now is like the gag from John. The last season of John Oliver hasn't stopped with rock bottom. Like, I feel each week, just one, it's one level down or just, or we're, we've gone one more notch on the crazy level. I think, well, that's interesting actually is that I don't feel like this week is piled on in the insanity unless, well, maybe when unless it comes to porn. Unless, unless you've been on the internet. Well, the, yeah, you know, people's the internet. reaction, people's reaction to everything hasn't changed except for, interestingly, Trump. But I don't want to start with that. No. We we'll, make... get, we'll get to that shit. Oh, trust me. It's, <laughs> he's, in, he's in power. So, it's a long show. We're right at the beginning. Yeah, because we lost somebody that was an amazing storyteller yeah. this week. And did was telling Aaron in our pre-show chat before you joined us, Rich. I mean, we were all the right age when uh, the show This Gentleman came out. I mean, the show was aimed directly at us. Tell Murphy! Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I can. I even remember the first night watching the Prince uh, True Hollywood Stories. Yeah, well, not yeah. Prince. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> Rick James. Because Rick James came first. Prince was a couple weeks later. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. I remember who was there. It was me, my my ex wife, and my former brother in law. And we were sitting there, and I was like, we had watched the Chappelle show for a couple weeks beforehand, but we had no idea something like that was coming down the line. It's just fucking. Yeah. Set it well, off. Everybody, everybody was quoting that shit. Yeah. The, yeah, that show. I mean, That's everyone it, was watching it already because he was, it was really funny. But that was the first time watching that show that I went, are they really doing this shit? Like, it, <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. they're going for it, too. They kept coming back. It put uh, Chappelle's show in the zeitgeist, if you will. Yes. Uh, uh, meaning it, middle-aged white people heard of it. <laughs> if you really want to, you know, be honest about it. Yeah, because and, Dave Chappelle before that was pretty much a... <clears throat> if you if you were if you were deep into stand up comedy, you'd seen him before at least a few times. But even if not, it, it was he was more of a stoner like culture type figure. Sure. Like you didn't see, see J- yeah, you didn't see Jocks talking about Dave Chappelle until mm-hmm. until the uh, the the you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. And then goddamn every everybody, my fucking grandmother fucking started you know knew what that <laughs> yeah. shit meant. Well, yeah, Which and was, I've seen uh, over over and over again. I've seen every part of that that story. You know what? I actually haven't seen in a, in a long time. Maybe not since it aired. Is actual the the whole episode where Dave sets it up. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. So we, we all watch it in clips now, so we actually don't see a whole lot of footage of him in between setting up the joke. And sometimes there is some funny shit in there. But what I remember about him setting that up is because they gave over the whole episode to his story, mm-hmm. and he made note of that at the beginning of the episode, if I remember correctly, that it, you know that Charlie Murphy tells such great stories 
and cracks everybody up with the shit that he just had to share with everyone. And here's, and it was a, it wasn't the the typical format. And that's, I think that's also where you saw the the show start to to grow as well, and maybe even where Dave Chappelle realized that he was going to outgrow this show very soon. That there was that while he did have enjoy a certain amount of freedom to do what he wanted with that show and certainly tackle just about any subject that he wanted to uh, that at a certain point that just the restraints of the format would cause him to have to look elsewhere to express himself but that's too much talk about Dave Chappelle I don't want to go on about him because it was Charlie Murphy that made those those skits in particular special and, and many others well I remember reading I uh Rolling Stone profile of Dave Chappelle, but also the, the, the Chappelle show, when they were talking about skits that they had seen him film before mm-hmm. they had been edited and released. And I think it, the article came out the first week his show came out. So Clayton Bigsby, the you know the, the racist and all that, the black racist who thinks he's white and all that, um, you know they talked about that. But then they were talking about, and a little bit later in the season. You're going to be treated to Charlie Murphy, and they actually had to put Eddie Murphy's older brother, you know, in in a in a skit about how him and Rick James partied in the '80s, and it was like, unless yeah, no one knew who the fuck Charlie Murphy was. I, I remember watching, <clears throat> I remember watching CB4 when I was younger, and it never registering that he was in it. Or like you know he was in bit parts in a lot of Eddie Murphy movies in the '90s. Yeah, you know never, never gave him two thoughts. Just like oh, I guess Eddie Murphy's brother was hanging around and needed a job. Didn't realize he was as funny as he was. Right. Yeah. Well, you know another thing that Chris and I were talking about pre-show was that well Eddie Murphy when I was a kid, like his stand-up shows like Raw. Are, those were I mean everybody knew that shit everybody saw it I mean even the shit we didn't get at the time we were mm. way too young but it didn't matter that was the shit that everybody could quote and he was Eddie Murphy was like the king of the rock star comedians and then comes his his brother decades later with a totally different act that was was I mean he was totally not the, the rock star comedian type. He's a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And he tells, stories, he tells these stories that I mean the same way that I remember all those old Eddie Murphy skits, there are people who have now grown up with those Dave Chappelle skits, those Charlie Murphy stories. And those are some, those are the shit that's the shit that everybody knows and you can just quote to people you don't even know and they'll fire them back at you. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's like the when when I was a real little kid, this that was the uh, like the barbecue skit at the end of Delirious, or just his dad being drunk and working at the at the toy factory. We eat the toys, Eddie. We eat the toys. <laughs> <laughs> like we learn those word for word, like musicians learn a guitar part note for note, right? Inflection and everything, and then yeah, we like do the joke. Was it the joke at the beginning of Raw? The any kick, the ding ding. ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, it, like my my 
brother-in-law at the time, I think he was like 17, 16, and he had come to hang out with us for the week, and it aired, and he saw it, and he went back to school, and hardly anyone knew what the fuck he was talking about. And we would tape him. So he he watched it like a few times before he left, so he got the whole skit down. And I was, you know, a couple weeks later, we went up to where he was living in the Thumb, and I was like, hey, so anybody else see that? He's like, apparently they don't watch Chappelle show up here. Man. A month later, this I guess it ball, ta- man. I guess it takes a while for shit to get to the thumb. But a month later, he was like, "Dude, everybody's saying that shit now. You can't get away from it." Right. Just like yeah, everybody, me, AA Ron now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the bitch of it? I didn't even know that was from fucking Key and Peele. I had a guy I worked with. His name was oh, Aaron, and everyone everyone called him AA Ron. And so yeah. I just was like, "Oh, that's kind of like when you have a guy named Sean without an H. It's seen." Right. (laughs) You know, I just thought they were fucking with his name. I didn't realize, you know. And then I think you guys said it. And I was like, Key and Peele went home, watched it, and was like, oh, I get it now. But that's fun. That's great in those uh, Netflix uh, Chappelle specials he's talking about. I had to watch Key and Peele do my show. (laughs) He's got to feel that way, too. Yeah. Especially after, after, what was it? Uh, Who was the fucking hack that. that... Mencia. Mind the Mencia. Oh, oh, oh. He had to be like, really? Dude, really Comedy Central? This is what you follow this up but with? You notice when that guy disappeared, he fucking evaporated. As soon as he got caught stealing people's jokes and it was got out there, that was it. He vaporized. It wasn't even like there was a slow fall off. It was like that was it. Well, hey, man, stand-up is, stand-up's a lot harder than people give it credit for. And on top of it, it's a very cutthroat world once you get caught and labeled as a joke thief. Like I heard, motherfuckers like had a signal for if he was in the club, so they like, wouldn't. Hey, they would yeah. only tell their hacky jokes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I I heard Robin Williams did that too. I heard Robin Williams was a guy you weren't you didn't want to do new material around. See, here's the thing, <clears throat> Robin Williams back in those back in the days when they were in the comedy club still. How much coke was everybody on? I mean, dude, those guys are to being so high they forget entire years of their lives. You yeah. might have just subconsciously. He is so coked out in his uh, that old HBO special. I know we've all seen the one where he ends up like going into Shakespeare in like the middle of it or some shit where he tries yeah. to get all serious for a second. He is so coked out in that special. He's all he sweaty. Yeah, he couldn't tell his own thoughts apart from things that people were saying. He's he's going backstage talking about, yeah, I'm costume changing, you know, while he's back. You, you know, he's, that's his excuse to go back there and fucking just do a line. Railed it up. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's the thing. Like, I remember watching this line. Yeah. I remember seeing Charlie Murphy on, you know, Dave Chappelle, and he was on for, I believe, every season. This can't and then on, afterwards, man. um,. Well, maybe it was near the end of Chappelle's show, uh, watching the Dune, the Boondocks. Yeah, and in, a, in a in a bit of what I thought was brilliant casting, was casting the Wigger guys, the wannabe gangster white guys. <laughs> yeah, with the voices of Charlie Murphy and and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, well, really? so I mean, yeah, yeah that's and, hilarious. And the character that the character that Charlie Murphy plays is a ginger, like a freckled, redheaded, pale ginger. <laughs> yeah. But he's street as a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like he's more street than the street, the, the black dudes that are street in the in the show. <laughs> oh, what was his name again? I, uh, uh, Wunsler and Rummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gin Rummy and Ed Wunsler the third. Yeah, Ed, w- Edward Wunsler the third. He's like, what was it like in Iraq? It was war. I mean, just just, just it, yeah. 
they used to take me on patrol, but then I shit myself over a dozen times, and they stopped taking me. And that's because I was doing a stink bomb. Give away our position. I mean, just stupid oh, shit. Yeah. It was fucking great. Yeah, and as, as much as I love those uh, the stories and that uh, Charlie Murphy's told, just watching him, as, well, they show the clip on it from the outtake show of the Chappelle show, the play of hate is in time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when he starts shaking every time they yeah, say they action. action. <laughs> and he just starts shaking with that big smile. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was funny, have you guys ever seen his stand-up? No. I have not. I got the internet in front of me. So I, I was, well, yeah. I'm going to warn you. You have to find his later, probably the stand-up, probably right before he died, because he came to it late, and he made the mistake of, when he first started doing stand-up, from what I saw, made the mistake of going up there and trying to lay out jokes. Instead of going up there and being himself and telling stories. Story. Like, instead One of, of those storyteller comics? Yeah, yeah. Instead of doing the Bill Cosby, he was up there trying to be like, you know, set up punchline, set up punchline. And it just didn't work. And then I saw one, because he was on tour with Eddie Griffin and uh, uh, a couple of D.L. Hughley. Like, he was still booked shows when it came out that he died. So he must have kept that from everybody that he was sick. Here's a clip from, it's like only six minutes-ish, so we can bail out when we need to. It's from 2015. So, we'll blind. Yeah, this looks recent. It's in the Arsenio Hall show. What? How recent can that be? That show came back for like four yeah. years, guys. Show, man, I'm happy, man. I'm really happy. Because I come from New Jersey and it's very cold here right now. Oh, no. It's nice and warm. I Damn it. I like it when it's warm, you know? Yeah, this is a TV appearance. It's going to be it's gonna be edited. Yeah, so fuck that. I couldn't really hear him, but he was talking about the weather. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's oh no! This is going to be comedian. This is trying to do jokes. This is. I think we're going to run into in a few seconds here a little spot where you're going to hear uh, me in playback for a second because it recorded like 15 minutes into it, and there it went, and you didn't hear it. Nope. Okay, never mind. No, this happened. happened before. It just records over it. So okay. Uh oh! Final performance two days ago. This is somebody's. Yeah, it's from somebody's fucking phone. Drop us somewhere in the middle of it. The D. I can't wait to get here, man. Oh, he's, he's in Detroit. I cannot oh, wait shit. to get here because I never played the Joe Louis Arena before. Oh shit! There you go. Oh. And they told me whenever you play the Joe Louis Arena, there's always somebody gonna show up. You sitting in the front row, not wearing quite enough clothing. That's allowing me to get a. Free tennis show. It's a two minute clip. Not over there. I guess it's too chilly tonight. I want y'all to give it up for my man George Lopez, aka El Rashigo. George Lopez opened for him? They were doing, uh, it was it was Charlie Murphy, Dale Hughley, Lopez, and I want to say Cedric the Entertainer so were doing a tour together. Middling. I think he might be the MC on the tour. I'm from the East Coast, I don't like shit like that. I was in the quake. I was having sex when the quake hit. First three seconds, I actually thought it was me, you know. 
When I seen the pictures falling off the wall, I said, you got to kill this motherfucker in the neighborhood. But it was a real earthquake. Then I left there and I went to Denver, Colorado, where they just recently legalized marijuana. Yeah! I smoked marijuana. I had a great time with that motherfucker, boy. That shit is really legal. You don't need no card, that's legal. You can smoke it anywhere, in the restaurant, in the street. I got so fucking high, I just walked up to the cops, smoking the blood like All right, well, let's, let's not try and memorialize a man with his worst material. Thank you. Because he's a much better storyteller than he is a stand-up. I mean, yeah. let's face it. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know why he couldn't. I guess it's kind of hard if you're going to go on a, a bill with somebody like D.L. Hughley or Cedric. And Lopez, like guys and, that like. And try and be like, hey, you know, this is how I grew up and this is, you know, my family or whatever. I mean, that's what, that's what I would want to hear from him. I don't want to hear more stories. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, so like John Leguizamo, he's not always funny. He's not really a good comedian. But when he's in the middle of a story, I'm totally enraptured. I, I love the way he tells stories in his one-man shows. So it's similar. Yeah, I had actually heard um, an extended clip of him talking about he met a girl and et cetera, et cetera, and she was as crazy as he was, and then they had to meet each other's family and shit. And I'd never really heard his stand-up. Well, I guess yeah. I guess they called it a one-man show. Yeah. Kind of along the lines of like what Whoopi Goldberg used to do, play different characters and stuff. So. Right. Um, but yeah, I was... It wasn't a laugh a second. It, it wasn't, you know, punchline set up punch or set up punchline set up punchline. But oh, it was there are funny stories. Yeah, it was it was entertaining to listen to. It's like Henry Rollins when he gets off on a rant, right? You know, it's an entertaining story to listen to just because of the way he tells the story. Have you checked out Louis C.K.'s new Netflix special? I have it. I didn't know it was there was one out until you guys said something in the chat the other day. Netflix has been yeah. dropping them like all kinds of shit lately. Yeah, and it, it was recorded. I think he said, "Well, he makes reference to uh, the date as April third. That might just be random, but I don't know why you would pick a random upcoming date that was happening in the near future because obviously this was recorded not that long ago. But I think it was just recorded and then within a week, like edited down." And put out, but it is brilliant. It, it, I refer to it as uh, Carlin esque. That's how smart and funny and just nothing, no topic is is uh, is really left not talked about. He opens with abortion, <laughs> right? I mean, abortion and sex and death and just everything. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna spoil it for you, Rich. It's pretty fucking good, but he's got fucking. Oh, it's 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 pretty damn good. So you can't yeah, really, you can't, you can't really spoil it though. You can't tell a Louis C.K. joke. That's true. You, if somebody's seen Louis C.K., you can say he said this shit, yeah. and then think, oh yeah, I can picture him saying that, and that's fucking funny. 
But if you just walk up to somebody and try and rip off a Louis C.K. joke and start telling it to them, they're like, get the fuck away from me. He's one of those guys that's... Uh, <laughs> the fuck is this creep talking about? It's really all about delivery. Like, he's one of those guys that it demonstrates that. Like, let me see if I... Let me see what the... the I don't mind if we got a little clip we can play. And, you know, uh, well, real quick, though, one thing that... We play trailer for Rich. Well, it's a well, minute it's long. Totally- it's totally different from somebody like Don Rickles, who recently passed away as well. There's the same type of act there in the way that the only way that this guy's getting away with saying all this shit is because everybody knows he doesn't mean it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might mean it a little, but it's okay because he's, I mean, everybody has thought experiments, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just don't say them out loud. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to write that one down yeah. and work into my act. And see where that goes. Because this is even making me uncomfortable. So it's got to make a lot of other people uncomfortable, too. Yeah. Here you go. Here's the trailer. God damn it. Don't be something that doesn't show clips from it. But, but is, They're showing is him. It he's, he's, getting out of a, he's getting out of a car. He's walking up the steps. The head. Damn it. Show clips from the special... No, I don't think you're going to get that. Oh, it's him in the green room drinking coffee? Get the fuck out of here. All right. I guess. Well, because what would you pull as a clip? It all works together as one act. Let's see. All right. It's not this. much that you could... I mean, you could pull if you just wanted to put together a bunch of clips of him saying mm-hmm. outrageous things, but out of context. Here you go. This one's two minutes. It's on public school teachers, if you remember that. Yes. My kids go to uh, public school in New York City, and uh, they... Yeah, all right. Uh, Send your kids there then. That's <laughs> no, good. It's good. Teach them that that's what life is like. The teachers amaze me because I don't know. This is the worst. Here's the worst thing about this country to me is that there's there's no more noble profession than to be a public school teacher. It's easily. Please please don't. You're not gonna like it. <laughs> you're not gonna like where it's going. I don't recommend clapping at any things. You'll regret it at the end of the thing. In a democracy, there's no more noble contribution you can make than to teach in a public school. And in this country, the people that do that, they're fucking losers. (laughs) They're just rock bottom fucking losers. And everybody knows it, but they keep doing it. New people are teaching every day, knowing how shitty it is. They show up, they tell them ahead of time, hi, what is this job? And they say, okay, here's what we need you to do. We need you to make children know math. (laughs) Wow. Do they want to know math? No, they don't want to know it. You need to make them know it against their will while they're exploding sexually and beating the shit out of each other. Exploding sexually, beating the shit out of each other. Who are these children? Just whatever kids live near the building. (laughs) How much do I get paid? About $10 every four years. (laughs) What if I get really good at it? What happens? Nothing. Nothing happens. Nobody notices and you get fired and you die alone. 
Yeah, okay, it, I'll try the whole thing's years. pretty grim. <laughs> yeah. Well, when he did, not this last time he did Saturday Night Live, but the time before, he opened, he opened up his monologue with a bit about child molestation. And he was like, you know, those guys, man, you know, they go to prison and they have it rough at prison. So you got to imagine how good is child molestation to them? <laughs> like it must be, it must really be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? I'm just like, wow. Okay, that's coming out pretty strong for network television. What was that one uh, uh, when he talks about the peanut allergy? He's like, there's a part of my brain that's like, that's horrible. But maybe, <laughs> you know, if a peanut kills you, you deserve to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you see the, his last appearance on SNL? Did not. No. Is it it was pretty good. Um he, he did uh, a character that was a lawyer with really long eyelashes that won everybody over just by like fluttering his eyelashes at him. But he comes out with uh right away he just says, Here's a joke, uh why the chicken cross the road? Because there's a black guy oh, following. Yeah, I did I did hear that <laughs> bit. <laughs> So he crossed to the other side of the road to see if the guy was following him. Well, no, you're, you also, he was throwing things like, well, the chicken was new to the city, you know. Right. I'm not racist. The chicken's racist. Don't look at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling you what the chicken was doing. Yeah. He's like, black guy went home. He was fine. And he said, what? A black guy ended up eating the chicken anyways, but not that black guy. Right. A different black guy. <laughs> oh, it's... Uh, I'm enjoying, but apparently... Uh, you, you go digging online. Uh, apparently, there's kind of he's he's kind of got a, a, some shady shit going on, or at least there's there's some sexual harassment things kind of following him around. Who? Louis C.K. What? Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's been Google Louis C.K. and sexual harassment and start reading. If there's no shortage of articles. Wow, am I sheltered? And here I am paying attention to Bill O'Reilly. Like, it's not Cosby-esque. It's more like pulling his dick out in front of people, like that kind of shit. What? Yeah. And he, like, pays you to, like, keep it quiet or some shit, like, or, like, threatens you or, like, oh, yeah. See, yeah. I, when I heard that at first, Mind I'll be honest pain. with you, yeah. I was like, was he in a room of comics, full of comics, and yes. he whipped his dick out and a female comic got upset? Because how dare you do that? And I'm a female. And it's like, no, bitch, you're a comic. You're one of us. You're a female mm-hmm. second. And then, like, I guess the story started building up. And I've heard a different podcast talk about it a little bit. I haven't really did too much digging on my own into it. But it's starting to seem like where there's that much smoke, there's going to have to be some fire. Yeah. Yeah. No. But, I, you know, I, and, and here's, here's the fucked up thing. I hate to say this. It's going to piss some people off listening. But... I can't help but feel this way. Uh, comedians, athletes, actors. A them are dirtbags. Musicians. You know, that's, that's, it's, it's, I think it's a more comforting thought to think that than to think that there's a lot more people out there looking to get a payday than we're comfortable admitting. I mean, Dave right. Chappelle in his in one of his new standups was talking about he he someone attempted to blackmail him with a sex tape by sending it to his house, but the problem was is the sex tape was before he was even married or knew his wife. Ah. Right. 
So yeah, but they were they were trying to present it though as this is a brand new sex tape. Mm -hmm. So Chris Rock, you know, same thing that he he was on Howard Stern, you know, years ago talking about uh, he had had a one night stand with a woman, and she showed up and you know a couple months later and said I'm pregnant, and the whole thing turned out to be a scam. Her and her boyfriend were running because when he instead of paying, he said no, I want I want a I want a DNA test. I want you to prove that's my kid. Instead of just paying for her to go away, like apparently they had ran this scam on a couple other comedians also. Uh, so it had worked before. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's at a certain point it becomes one person's word versus another. But like I said, if multiple stories are coming out from different people and it's and it's usually the same mo. You can interchange the stories just by changing the names and the dates, and that's it. Usually there's some truth to it. I can't imagine there isn't. That's why I said I, but I don't know. I really looked into it a whole lot. Like the, the Cosby thing at first, I was like, that's fucking retarded. Yeah, same here. Who the, fuck, who the fuck drugs a chick and then fucking sniffs her hair while he jerks off and she's asleep? Apparently Bill Cosby. Yeah, I was in the Bill Burr camp with this, like, you know, a, you know, he's not my favorite comedian, but growing up, you know, especially stand up too, Bill Cosby himself. And if you listen to some of his stand up from like the late sixties, early seventies, it's funny. You, you don't yeah. even know it's clean. But I've got Bill Cosby records still, two hundred miles per hour. Yeah. Uh, I've got um, when he tells a chicken heart story. Yeah, and then Bill, Bill Burr pretty much was like, you can live in denial so long until about victim thirty seven, and then you're like, oh, damn it, <laughs> like. I mean, let's face it. Yeah, uh, most of the most of these uh, stories that we hear just about individual reports are probably true. The number of people who are willing to go out there and say I was taken advantage of, or molested, or raped by somebody, somebody famous that could bury me in lawsuits for the rest of my life, uh, just to try and make money off of them. Is so minuscule, and so we've heard it's, a couple it's, of stories. A couple of stories about some girl who had a one night stand with like a basketball player or something, and then decided when the guy didn't call her the next day, and I guess she wasn't so special that it turns into a rape case. It, and now that's the, that gets to be the the defense for everybody. Well, they're just looking for money. Well, maybe they're looking for money because you actually did some shady shit. Well, there's there's also, I mean, I, look, I, I understand what you're saying, but looking at it from the average person accusing another average person of something like that, yeah. The, what's the motive? What's the motive for this person to lie? This person's going to be dragged through the fucking mud, going to be put on the stand oh, if he goes oh, yeah. to trial. You know what I'm saying? It's like, the, the, what's the motive or, for this person to lie? Or, yeah, if there's nobody famous involved in, in either party, then there's even a smaller percentage. Now there's, but 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 that's what I'm saying. It's it does happen. We, we saw you know, the the what was the university that Rolling Stone reported on? Uh, Which just, one? They just had the, there was a story about it this week. <laughs> the famous rape case that Duke? ended up being all bullshit. Well, there was Duke, and there was I want to say. Uh, you, uh, well, Virginia Tech. The, yeah, you, the one we can't remember is the one Rolling Stone was involved in. Well, this okay. kind of this kind of makes my point. Then this shit does happen, 
And so there's a, w- one story that people can point to. Yeah, as Virginia. A girl can say. University of everyone, Virginia. Sorry. Yeah, where everyone can say, well, this is, this is just BS. You know, these girls just do it for attention. Or they get in over the heads and they, you know, they feel like a slut afterwards and then they call it rape. Or however they, they want to justify it. But I don't know. But. Hey, speaking of victim thirty-seven, <laughs> you tried to steer us into Bill O'Reilly, and let's let's yeah, go. Just, Bill Cosby, like, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. Where, okay, so whereas you tell me about Louis C.K. and I'm like, what? I've never even heard this, and I'm kind of shocked, and it doesn't seem to fit anything that I know about him. Not that I know him at all. But Bill O'Reilly, I just go, yeah, that seems like Bill O'Reilly, well, right? Yeah, just like, like his loofah thing, like ten plus years extra. ago, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was that whole thing. Oh, I was so hoping that John Oliver was going to pull that shit. He had the audio book of him reading the sex scenes from his book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it's not about him, but he wishes it was, even if it isn't. So Bill's kinda, on a vacation, huh? Right, but it but it seemed like he was just going to keep on getting away with it and that none of this shit was going to stick. Maybe we are truly in a different time where... In, yeah, so we lost some, some advertisers, but it didn't look like the station or anybody was really going to lose any money. Because well, they just, yeah, they just they moved the money around is all <laughs> they did. They, they, yeah. they just put them somewhere else on Fox, so Fox's bottom line didn't change. His ratings went up. Please. Chrysler called him and was like, put us on the show with the chick with the big tits. Yeah. They're like, which one? Mm-hmm. They're all either Bill O'Reilly or big tits. That's all we have. Yeah. yeah. Put us uh, the blonde yeah, one. Bill O'Reilly's a big boob, so you either get one big boob or two big boobs. Put what us do you on want? with the blonde chick or the old guy. <laughs> so, apparently Roger Ailes, though, was well, vocal about not... Liking Bill O'Reilly and not being down with this shit. Is he allowed to be? The, well, I did, I, maybe he has to because of the uh, coming out against him. Right. Look, it's one guy accused of sexual harassment to another. I can't have this. Only one person can get sued around here. Me. Right. Maybe it well, is. Was, the story I heard is he that's too much. The, the the most recent story I heard about his advertisers is he's down to four minutes of advertising before he has to start repeating advertisers and that's 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 got to be insane there's no way there's no way that they can that keep shit up that anyway pitch. i mean they stack up the same commercial just to make it stick in your brain and go why did they play that shit twice and you're like they played a mcdonald's commercial twice well so, i don't care mcdonald's but, but, so you but think, to go from, sorry, go from 20 to go from 25 advertisers to four or five that are doing 30 to 45 maybe a minute long spot it does make That's it a lot more difficult to justify off. your high salary. Yeah. You yeah. Think, you think they're going to be just doing the math during this time off? Like, all right, what's going to cost us more? Paying this guy out or, you know, because technically they still haven't lost. I mean, nobody's pulled advertising from Fox. You think they're just going to hide them till the American public fucking someone dangle some keys in front of us again and, <laughs> you know. They're going to do a Brian Williams to him, move him someplace and get him out of the get them off the radar and then bring them back slowly. Well, I was reading an article on the AP this week. Uh, you know, it was bringing up things like Pepsi and United Airlines, which we'll get to later. Um, 
you know, and, and it talked about, you know, how uh, it was an article about how cell phones have turned the American public into a whistleblower. And the point it made right at the end is the only thing these companies got going for them is the American public short attention span. Like, we're, we, we have a notoriously short memory, and that's what really is stopping change is because in a week or two, people move on, and doesn't matter. Like, right. you can say you're going to affect some change, but right. you don't ever have to implement it because we, we move on. But the, the stuff that people do stick with for a week or two even is bizarre. <sighs> you know, like this United Airlines thing. But, well, I don't want to jump ahead to that, though, because I'm curious if you think that Bill O'Reilly is going to come back from this. No, he's going to be the new press secretary, I'm telling you. <laughs> They're going to fire Spicer. You have to, right? I mean... Bill O'Reilly as the new press secretary would be brilliant. It just would be. I, I know... I, I it mean, ma- it makes sense now. Like all bets are off since November eighth, right? Well, fucking Ronald McDonald, <laughs> you know, could have had a cabinet position at this. Uh, who knows? I mean, come on. Who else are we going to get if not Spicer? It's not like we're going to get somebody competent in this job, anyways. We're going to get just a round of people who are probably at the end of their careers anyway, and they're just going to get canned once. Uh, they either can't take the pressure or somebody calls them on their bullshit or they just slip up in a way that Spicer has. I mean, who knows? Maybe Trump will stick with them, but I don't see how you do your job all that easily when you're... I mean, your credibility is already at an all-time low, and now you just seem to be talking nonsense. (laughs) I told you, man, that press conference is proof that this administration has burned all the science and all the history books. Right, but but your only job is to clearly voice the opinions of the president and the administration. And I don't know, while I don't think that the, the reports of Sean Spicer being a Holocaust denier are obviously vastly overblown, and that is either just... Uh, blatantly ignoring the facts or just reading headlines and reacting to it because i think we all understood what he was going for but i don't think that matters are you telling me there's people that are playing at his job are you telling me there's people out there that are playing so willfully obtuse that they're acting like he denied the holocaust they are referring to him now how much Irony is in there, I can't say for sure, but I have, there's definitely been people referring to him as Holocaust denier Sean Spicer. Okay, well, those people are, are, are like I said, willfully obtuse. That's, right. there, there's no other, come on now, all right? He, he said something stupid. I, there's no way I'm going to defend him on that, all right? And the minute he said the shit, I was like, wait a minute, what, what's Zyklon B? That's not... A gas you use against your own people? There wasn't there wasn't any German Jews that died in any concentration camps? He well, missed, I got it. And he did so at a very inopportune time. And this is something that most people would get fired for. Especially if their job is talking to the press. The same reason that the uh, president of United of United Airlines is probably gonna get canned. Yeah. See, so, I don't 
I don't I don't know, man. I to me it just seems like he's dumb. He pulled a Bushism more than anything. He was trying to was trying to make a point and said something stupid and people jumped on him. I don't like the guy. I mean, I'm not defending the guy anything he said. He's stupid one way or the other. I mean, you need to have a you need to have a firm grasp on the situation around you before you speak. Right. And obviously well, he doesn't. He didn't think it through. He just was he, he is bad at his job. There. Exactly. Even if he actually let's say he he didn't know about the gas chambers, all right? Bad at your job. Okay? Let's take the next scenario. He did know and he forgot. Bad at your job. Uh, okay, let's take the third scenario. He knew, he did remember, but he just couldn't recall that in the moment for some reason. Still bad at your job. Any way you slice this. Yeah. Because, it, and I can't, while at yes, the same time there's people on the left going, he's a Holocaust denier, there's people on the right that are saying, that, that are coming to his defense and saying, well, you know, we all know what he was trying to say, and this is what he's, and parsing that. And I'm like, okay, but don't yes, you I realize am. that if you have to now go on air as a politician yes, and explain what the press secretary said, he's bad at his job. <laughs> his job is to be the mouthpiece of an administration, not to create situations where people have to explain what he meant. Right. So, I mean, and, but let's be let's well, so, okay. so we spend a week arguing about the wrong points of this when what we can all glean from whatever facts we want to take from either side it all adds up to this guy should not be in this position you're fired but how much how much of this is also the media who for the most part I, I don't think i don't think anyone with half a brain could deny this that the media skews left for the most part saw this and it was like oh great we got Fine. something we can run into the fucking ground okay kind of like chris is running that drop into the ground yeah. all right um <laughs> but no because if it, if it had been uh, a clinton press secretary obama's press secretary oh they misspoke come on stop it don't 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 start it's that true. shit don't start that shit i remember watching clear as day when stephen a smith was on for it was on bill Maher's show for the uh uh uh, middle of the panel interview and bill maher was he was they were talking about sports reporters and bill maher in that context used the term well you know you people and Stephen a smith was like oh and he and he by the way he's a black sports reporter if you don't know who i'm referring to he, and, uh, he who gets paid to say incendiary things he stopped he stopped the interview and started making a big stink about what do you mean you people what do you mean by that and bill bill maher to his credit went don't even fucking try to pull that bullshit with me. You know exactly what the context I was using that term in, and it has right. nothing to do with your race. It has to do with your job. That's what I was talking about. Don't even try that shit with me. And he kind of like, he kind of bitch slapped Stephen A. Smith into fucking going, oh, oh I overstepped well, they, my bounds here. If Sean Spicer was good at his job, he could have immediately said, he could have immediately clarified his point. Instead of yes. having to wait a day to apologize and in the meantime dig himself in a further hole. I mean, even in his explanation of what he was trying to say, he couldn't come up with the term concentration camps. So he called them Holocaust centers, which is a totally different thing. <laughs> uh, again, bad at your job. 
Um, You're fine. He said, oh, well, you know, you know what I meant. Hitler didn't kill his own people. Oh, so there weren't German Jews. Okay, interesting to know. Bad at your job. Doesn't know the history. Bad at your job. Now, how much how much of that comes from the fucking the top down in administration of never reverse yourself? Well, this is what's really interesting in this week. Also, while everybody's in uproar about what Sean Spicer said, what United Airlines did, what Pepsi did, we've had a very different week for our president, who has had to now start putting feelers out in the world to decide what is he really going to do with China, with North Korea, with Syria, with Afghanistan. <laughs> well, 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 he made a pretty big, uh, <laughs> made a pretty big choice with Afghanistan. Yes, um, and with Syria. Yeah. Don't I? I will. The the choice in Syria was wrong. I mean, we got blindsided by that last week, and I said uh, that I wasn't against the idea of bombing Syria, but what's the bigger plan? And we found out that there is none. So that was a bad choice. It seems to be a rash decision. The bombing in Afghanistan. Um, while I heard that the the Moab bomb, the mother of all bombs, Moab. If I dare assume its gender, it was <laughs> was fired off, in, you know, in between pieces of cake at Mar-a-Lago or something. But the actual truth is that that, dude. that uh, one of his generals, I forget the name, but he has standing authority to drop what he needs to where appropriate. So these these bombing and missile strikes don't even necessarily have to come from him. But what what has been the the weird shift with Trump? He's come around on NATO. Mm-hmm. He's, he's now talking positively about NATO and what they can accomplish. He had a very interesting meeting with the leader of China, who in since has decided to rethink uh, his stance on North Korea and on calling China a currency manipulator. Uh, but did you see North Korea pull a Scarface today? They They're talking yeah. about you want to go um, to war. Yeah, we're going to war. Okay, so let, well, let's address address that real quick. I mean, North Korea has always talked big shit. Trump has traditionally talked big shit, and certainly he's trying to prove something with these strikes recently. <laughs> I'd say with uh, Afghanistan, uh, yes, I think, but I don't think his generals want anything to do. They want a disarmament of North Korea, and if they can't have that, it's going to be a new Cold War standoff. I don't think any of his generals are looking to go into North Korea. And so far he has deferred to his general's judgment, and he said as much, or at least that's the truth as much as I know it. So, uh, did I miss anything? Because there, there was a couple things that he yeah, had there's- there's, there's, to me, there's one of the big things that is pretty much being, for whatever reason, glossed over in the media, mm-hmm. is that he has managed with with bombing Syria, reversing himself on NATO. He yeah. has managed to piss off his alt right fucking base to the point where I'm starting to read articles from people who are. I don't know if they're self-appointed or media-appointed leaders of the quote-unquote alt-right, but people are coming out and going, yeah, he sold us a bill of goods. He's just like everybody else. He's no different than Clinton. 
And that right, it's like okay, wait a minute. He this is a president who's at this point in his 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 uh, candidate or excuse me presidency has the, the lowest approval ratings ever. Dumas. The last thing he needs is the people who supported him rabidly, almost blindly, now fucking pulling back, going, he's just a globalist piece well, of shit. Maybe oh. he's realizing that, like. That his best case scenario, unless something spectacular happens in the next four years, is that four years is all he's going to get out of this. If his approval numbers are this low, then maybe he's in uh, fuck it mode already. And maybe that's why we're seeing his seemingly uh, division between him and, and Breitbart guy. What's his name? I forget. Bannon. Bannon. Yeah, Bannon. Uh, what and, a dumbass. And maybe, maybe the administration that we're going to see is actually him pissing off the Republicans and therefore not towing their party line, which is how he started out his presidency. They go, listen, Steve, like, the way we're going I, isn't going to work. I'm going to well, start yeah, listening he, to this other guy. Or... or I think it. I think it's him going. Well, I don't really know what to do with all this shit. So here's this Republican platform that's already laid out for me. Let's push that agenda. And when he saw that the people that put him in office didn't like those options and weren't exactly game with that, and it certainly wasn't draining the swamp like he said he was going to, that maybe that's the reason why his approval numbers are so low. And so now he has almost the not even the permission, but the necessity to go in a different direction. Maybe I'm talking too soon. Maybe my hopes are too, are up too high. I mean, what? I'm not saying that I'm Dumbass. more relaxed about this version of Trump that we're seeing when it comes to international. I certainly like the fact that he's pissing off Russia and not uh, not seemingly so defensive of them like he was in the past. Yeah, didn't Putin come out this week and talk about, hey, we're not as boy, we're, we're we're not as much boys as we used to be. Right. So that our relationship is very strained. You and, mean the yeah, man that you mean the man that Trump says he's never met doesn't know at all? And, yeah. and at the risk of coming off as a Trump apologizer, what if the, the version of his presidency that we actually see is Stop Trump's planning, Aaron. So, so, yeah. <laughs> splitting with the hard right in the Republican Party, splitting with Russia, we might even find out that because so far we haven't really heard anything directly about Trump and Russia, it's all been about the people around Trump, and all these people came from the Republican Party. It almost sounds more to me at this point that Trump is finding out after the fact how much, uh, how much the people around him were talking to Russia and trying to push this election in Trump's favor. And maybe that's why it was almost ridiculous the way that like people would throw accusations out about his connections to Russia, and he would just go out there and be like, "I admire Russia. Putin's great. You know, we've done horrible things too." And you're like, "Why would you say that? That is the last thing a politician would say." But maybe he didn't know. Maybe he wasn't connected to any of this, and this was just the Republicans choosing Russia over the Democrats as their own version of a lesser of two evils. I don't. Or, I don't know what. I don't know what scares me more. Trump doing what Trump appeared to be wanting to do and was mm-hmm. going to continue to do for the first couple months of his presidency or Trump trying to play politics all of a sudden. Well, the fact that he's doing so with the help of 
his daughter and with Jared Kushner. I'm not saying that I'm a fan of Jared Kushner, but I would I I feel better him having uh, more of Trump's ear than Steve Bannon's if that is the direction that's that this is going in. I think that Jared Kushner might be wrong in a lot of things, but at least he seems sane and not completely racist or or homophobic or anything like that. Probably young enough to be somewhat liberal on a number of issues, too. Who knows? They, it's a mystery, though. That's the crazy thing about Jared Kushner. Nobody voted for this guy. Nobody, I didn't even know who the fuck the guy was until a couple weeks ago, honestly. I, I might have heard the name, but all of a sudden, he's popping up in blazers over overseas, dressed like a yuppie. Listen, Jared, we need you. So it's an unknown, but I already know that the other version, the Steve Bannon version, we know, and I know is horrible. So I guess I'm, maybe I'm a little bit comforted. I'm not sure that, that if that's even where I'm going with this, but it is a new, interesting direction, and certainly a, a side of Trump that we didn't expect to see, or I didn't expect to see. I guess I guess if he continued to play it like he had played, he was going to, or he, he claimed he was going to during the. We thought he got elected king. During during you know the, his candidacy and all that. I guess to me it's it makes more sense for him to be that way because he's going to be like, okay, it's all my way or nothing. I hang up the phone or there's no negotiation. You either right. come around to seeing it my way or we don't do business. But if he tries to play politics. With all the backstabbing and hand and hand washing and and back backroom deals, if he's not adept at moving around in those circles, I could just see him taking someone making a political move that's not personal but affects him negatively, taking it personal, and then getting having a vendetta grow out of that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's oh. one of the things that that's one of the things that people I don't think realize about politicians. They they may go on. Bill Maher, they may go on Fox or MSNBC and argue with each other and seem to, and granted, there are politicians that really hate each other. Sure. But, you know, certain people are never going to get along. But for the most part, when the cameras aren't rolling, they're all pretty much on the same team. Yeah. I mean, they're politicians first, and then they're fucking loyal to whatever ideals they claim to have second. That might be less so at this very moment, but I think traditionally, yeah, you're right. Well, that's that's the one thing that, that makes me take a take a pause and go. This has to be a good thing if he's getting these fucking ideologues out of his ear and out of the White House who are pushing this bullshit. I Maybe mean, that's what it is. Maybe have, hearing conservative, hard right Republicans be mad at what he's doing calms me down a little bit. Maybe that's what's doing it for me. Well, I, I mean, you're just, you're, there's got to be something positive to it. You're running around with men who are older than us, who have more power and money than us, and us meaning you know us three on the show, and they're talking yeah. like they're a bunch of teenagers on 4chan, calling oh. motherfuckers cucks and. I can't and, believe I forgot to bring that up last week. Well, yeah, he, I mean this this is grown men calling each Bannon other cuckolds. Bannon called Schneer yeah. not only a globalist, which I thought was the funnier of the two, but cuck is just as funny because. I didn't know that anybody used that in real life. Honestly, yeah, that, it, to me that's a that's a chat room thing. Like Bannon is, I don't think 
somebody at some point had to have told him, you have to wear long pants. Because I swear to God, he's that guy who wears shorts all year round. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything, but I just don't trust people like that. <laughs> So, but, you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves because this is why I can't be a a Trump apologist because what else happened this week? He basically banned states from using taxes to fund Planned Parenthood. Yeah. What year is this? This I told you guys in the chat, it was one of those moments like, what? Come on. Really? Why are we still talking about this? Because there's certain issues that he's still polling for and... I don't know. Maybe this is because it lines up with what what his daughter and Jared think about abortion too. And I know Easter's oh, no. tomorrow when we post this, uh, or when we posted this. Why have we got to get our Jesus all in everything? Like, oh, for, uh, like really, in twenty almost fifty years later, we are still having this argument. What the fuck? I'm- on top of that, we're having this argument with people who I don't believe fucking give a fuck really honestly one way or the other about the argument. This yeah. isn't George Bush. George Bush, I believed, was strongly pro-birth, was against stem cell research for his religious beliefs, because of his religious beliefs. Trump's just yeah. pandering. Yeah, and if I'm, on the, if I'm on the religious right, I have to look around at my fellow Christ lovers and go, do you people not see that he's bullshitting us? I don't he's just they, saying anything that, that, that he thinks we're going to love? However, you can stop the killing of babies and get it done. That's I, the I, I guess to me that this, this is another reason I, can't, I don't understand the, the, the herd mentality of, of religion. Because I, to be pandered to is something that offends me on a personal level. Because basically you're telling me I'm too stupid to know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, yeah, well. Thing that the preacher is the one that you trust. The politician is the one that you try and find ways to use. If they're gonna, if they want to use abortion as a platform issue, great. Let's rally together and get behind them on it. Uh, uh, we are uh, remodeling the house right now, and um, oh yeah, we've uh, went out and you know had to deal with salespeople uh, the last few weeks. And apparently, Mandy says it's pretty obvious. I don't like dealing with them. Because when they show up, she's like, it's crazy. Like, you just bounce. Like, as soon as salespeople approach, like, you're fucking gone. Like, I told her, I hate it. And I was telling, you know, I told her about my brief two weekends sales. I figured out I didn't want to do it. And it just, it came down. I was telling her today, like, I guess I don't like knowing in a conversation that everything coming out of your mouth is just trying to motivate me to get me to do what you want. Like, just a bunch of bullshit. Like, I guess that's my biggest rub with it. Like, I fucking hate that. Like, oh, if I want a fucking couch, I'll let you know. Like, I got yeah. the money. Like, leave I've me always, alone. Like, yeah, that's, I don't go to, like, Art Van and shit like that. I always hated going into Guitar Center before I worked there. You know, And I worked sales for a number of years. It's like, stop and, telling me what you think I want to hear. Like, I guess that's where it gets to rich with the pandering. Like, yeah. I hate that shit. It sucks. What the hell is wrong with you people? Well, that, yeah, but so, obviously, obviously, it works for some people because we still have traditional advertising, and despite it, maybe maybe it doesn't even work for the majority. But the people that are paying for the advertising have to feel it's worth their time and money to do it because it works with us, even if it's a small percentage, a percentage of people. 
I mean, I can't, I honestly don't think I've ever sat since I've been a little kid and would see a toy commercial and be like, I got to have that toy right now. But that's how little kids are. Little kids have no idea, no sense of patience. They just, they see it, they want it. It's natural. But as an adult, I can't think of anything like I've been sitting there and been like, I want product A, but I see a commercial for product B, and it makes me want to go out and fucking buy that product instead of the one that I wanted in the first place. I've never made my choice of Pepsi or Coke in the grocery store based on a commercial. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I already know what I want. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, yeah, when I know it, I'll see it. Like, yeah, I hear you. I've never changed my mind. Like, wait a minute. That's interesting. I wish that Coke was brave enough to even experiment and just say, we're not going to advertise anywhere for a year and just see what happens to our product. I would bet that sales would be flat because people drink Coke. I mean, yeah. it's just, they're not going to stop. Think sales of they Coke have risen in the last two weeks? Coke. I bet they haven't. You know, when they think about drinking a Coke, when they go to the grocery store, when they go to a restaurant, when they go to the gas station, they see it. Mm-hmm. They order it. They buy it. No one goes into the gas station and goes, what was that commercial I saw? Oh, Coke is it. Yeah, I'm going to get a Coke. Well, then you, have the, then you have the weird part of our society that if, if, they, if Coke did stop advertising for a year, when Christmas come around and the Christmas cans didn't come out and the, the polar bears drinking Coke weren't around, would be all upset because they can't do the collectibles for the year. I think it's just I, I think it's strange we have a, a segment of our society that collects advertising. Like yeah. on a yearly basis looks forward to it. Oh yeah, I had yeah. Well shit. I, I remember when I was in high school, people were wearing Coca Cola T shirts. That was the opinion. I was wearing a Nirvana shirt and nearly everybody else that I went to school with was wearing well it was one of those long sleeved with the collar and the stripe in the center, right? Mm-hmm. That that style of shirt for some reason was popular for a while, and then they started putting the Coca Cola logo and other logos on the center stripe, the white stripe that was about you know about five six inches wide, and yeah, I'm like so, but you paid for that shirt. Like, this is a big to be a, you, you paid, paid for the shirt. Av- your mother to be an advertisement, right? And Coca Cola benefits from it actually. You don't benefit because you look like a douchebag, and Coca-Cola does benefit. Like They should have given you the shirt for free or possibly even paid you to wear that shirt around. Well, and I also remember like a chump paying $32 for a long sleeve sh- shirt with a collar on it that doesn't button up the front. I don't understand that design anyway. Well, you know, I, 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 most of my friends who wore a shirt that said something like enjoy Coke were the type that would wear a shirt a dare shirt to hash bash. Fuck you know what I'm saying? Sucks. When, yeah. when they were when when they're wearing a shirt that says "Enjoy sure. Coke," there might as well be a spoon hanging off the end of the logo. You know, I mean, it's it's not they're not talking about the same Coke it's, that you buy in stores. Rich, in the age of the internet, has anyone ever made a mock up of the uh, Coke ad that Bill Hicks proposed? Uh, what was it? Well, a woman spread eagle, two fingers spreading her fucking vagina apart, and in the middle it says "Drink Coke." No one's made a mock-up of that yet in the age of the internet and memes and all that? Not directly, but I have seen people splice in his commentary with that joke with uh, Carl Jr.'s ads and, and certain other ads that are, rely heavily on sex. Hey, internet's our idea. 
fucking we talked about whoever you make it if you make it send us to us we'll give it credit uh chris uh, on regiment at chrisformedia.net I, I can make that for you uh, there you go uh, take a coke logo throw it over the pussy done yeah should we I'm all vote? should we photo- photo- that's an easy one should, should we all should we all vote on the woman together what woman should it be <laughs> who's the who's i don't know because it's not that complex like I can picture it. I don't need to make a photo of that. Yeah, but with you, it might be an Asian chick. Like, you know, should we? I think you're really overthinking this, man. Ah. What do you think he's going to have Lucy Liu on the fucking... (laughs) Asian chick. That's the most random shit ever. Like, of all the things that, that he's... Aaron, of all the things you've ever... Like come out about or admit it on the show. I don't think you having yellow fever has been one of them. So I don't even know where that one's coming from, dude. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, dude. All right. Can I tell the story about Eric's comment? Eric, is that for air? What? That, that comment, Aaron. That comment Eric made to you the one time you got stood up. You were supposed to go out on a date oh, with an Asian chick. Talking about. Do you mind having yeah. that out on the air? Or I, you could tell it. It's you your tell story. Me because- no, I don't remember it. You tell me. Oh, you were supposed to go hang out with an Asian chick or something on a Sunday night. Yeah, she was kind of a weird chick, and she seemed into me, and I was into her, but I I think she had a boyfriend at the time and didn't want to say anything. Ah, and and gotcha. so that's why I kept, like, I would make plans with her, and she just never show up. Oh, I think she was also, in, like, a heavy drug user. Oh, and gotcha. Was, like, maybe nodding out instead of showing up. Ah, so, she was offering up the Bill Cosby special from the get-go. So, so yeah, I remember that uh, my friend Eric had, had come over, and he probably was uh, probably giving ribbing me a little bit about it. Because he like the time that I was like gonna get with a chick, he thought he was like, oh, Aaron's gonna get some. Uh. And then you you instead she bailed on you, and you ordered Chinese food, and he says. I like your attitude, Aaron. Either way, you're eating Chinese tonight. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fucking right. great, man. I told him, oh, well, I was supposed to go out with this chick, but instead I got stood up. So I ordered in some Chinese food and had a you know, nice day by, by myself. I feel, I feel like we missed a great opportunity to have the beginning of El Scorcho playing underneath this story. Oh. <laughs> just, just saying. Oh, you're right. Damn it. Well, before we I get... I do it all. <laughs> Before we get off the topical stuff, though, I did want to kind of pick your guys' brain about where you think we are with North Korea right now. Do you have an opinion about this? I mean, we, we, I think I said this in our chat, we, we do have, if any president in history is going to come out with, fuck me? No, fuck you. I think this this might be the wrong guy to get hubristic with. I think he showed that on fucking uh, Saturday or no wait, that, yesterday's Thursday. I usually travel on the weekends. I'm all fucked up and jet lagged. Doesn't matter. Yeah, with what he did in Afghanistan, like, oh yeah, check this shit out. Like, if any president's going to be have that attitude, like, well, I, I don't know if North Korea wants to get froggy with this guy. And then I, I'm not sure I can totally agree with you on that. Let me tell you, there's two reasons why. Uh, Trump's, attack, you're Trump's planning again? Yeah, if I if I may, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Um, the attack in Afghanistan. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe that's a bad example. Maybe this was in response to uh, the soldier that recently died. The first soldier. Oh, died it was. It was a, a green beret, apparently. But 
Right. So it didn't. It's not really out of the blue. Uh, well, I don't think anybody was necessarily expecting, especially such a large ordinance. But also, I think people are getting too hung up on the size of this bomb. Um, the purpose of it, it actually explodes above the surface and creates a pressure wave. And the reason they dropped that bomb is so that they could collapse the tunnels underneath. Yes, there, there and, was some science going on with this shit. Right, so there was a purpose to that bomb, and there was something that they were trying to accomplish. And the attack in Syria, while that might have been... Uh, ultimately, it, it was spurned by, by Trump running his mouth, but I think the situation was more like, you know, he, he was kind of uh, he was easy on Assad and then Assad was seemed to test him and I think when he went to his generals and said well what should I do they pretty much said what other choice do you have now at this point Dude. You've paid, if you don't do something now you will have no stance on Syria that anyone will take seriously including Assad while we're talking about this can we bring up my new hero at least for the week Who's your new hero? The guy who went rogue on CNN with Brooke Baldwin, who pro- probably a news producer, was like, hey, we got us a real Syrian. Let's put him on the air. Did you guys check out that video? Oh, I mean, I'm sure you heard the, the clip guy, on the Adam Carolla show. Was this the guy who was talking about how uh, like he wanted to stay in his home country? It was all for the bombs because he wants... Aside out of power. Yeah, he was like, hey, hey, guess what? Ourselves. Yeah, he was. Can we just play the clip? Let me find the. Should we play the clip or should we, like. No, I. Well, I he, well he, was like, he was like, hey, everybody, guess what? Like, newsflash. We don't want to be refugees. Here, wrap your brain around that, crazy white people in America. We want to. We if worse comes to worse, we'd like to stay here. That's what I thought was great. Okay. Well, that that's. I'm sure, look, the, obviously the guy is telling him he wants to stay in his own country. He wants yeah. to fight or whatever. He wants to have control over the, or have a say in the, in the country that he lives in, like most people do in this world. But at the same time, that's not going to happen overnight. And in the meantime, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of women and children and a lot of guys who want to get their women and children the fuck out of the country while these while there's going to be the chance of bombs well, dropping, shit blowing up around them, gunfire. That, that leads to the second favorite thing of his that he said of uh, uh, when he said, uh, "Hey, travel ban protesters, where were you two weeks ago when Assad was gasking us? Where were you in 2013 when he did it again? Where were you when your President Obama wasn't doing anything about it?" Like that was the second favorite thing that he said about it. Oh, let's get for the week. This guy's my new hero. Just probably no. because he made a news producer fucking shit a gold brick. <laughs> Quite honestly, too. Well, it is good to have people's uh, assumptions blowing up. People like to assume what somebody in another country who is experiencing and oppression the, or terrorism or... And the look on her face was great, too. She's look on her face was like, uh... What? <laughs> like you're not supposed to be saying this. Like, but he's. I mean, there were a lot of people calling for something to be done in Syria, and 
I remember Obama going to Congress and asking permission to do something about Syria and being denied that. And you knew he was going to say something fucked up because he did start with, with all due respect. is <laughs> what he started that whole tirade with. With all due respect usually means some fucked up shit is coming. <laughs> but... Does that mean that he speaks for all Syrians? No, I mean, I get that, but I don't. Yeah. My favorite part of it, too, like I said, was a news producer probably fucking had a, some kittens. You know, but I, my favorite part of that was stuff we didn't see that probably went on behind the scenes. Because you know, Rich, you know, you went to Specs, you know kind of the attitude in the, in the industry. You know some news producers. Like I said, it's probably like, we got us real live Syrian. You know, mm-hmm. some fucking millennial... <laughs> fucking, you know, trying to claw their way up at CNN. You know. Oh, sorry, I'm a cynical asshole sometimes. <laughs> it brought me a little joy. In this. <laughs> What's that? Wait, I said you're taking a little too much glee in this. Yeah. Well, Aaron, to, to answer the question you asked about North Korea, I think North Korea is... North Korea, I, I said this last week, honestly, if we stop and think about it, we don't want none of North Korea... Not because, you know, they're such a world power, necessarily, or that they're going to fuck us up with nukes. I mean, they have, they have no delivery system to get them over to us. It's just the fact that their leader is unhinged. Yeah. That's exactly I mean, the word he, I was thinking of. He is liable to do anything because, to me, he strikes me as the type of guy that's like, even if it was, even if we invaded we would never take him alive. He comes off as that type. And yeah. he's, he's been pandered to, and he's surrounded by zealots who, whether it's through, you know, true, whether they're true believers to what he says, or they're afraid to even say, um, sir, your tie is crooked, because they're afraid they're going to get, you know, murdered or disappeared or whatever the fuck. I mean, that's not the type per- that's not the type of person we want to fuck with. Because, like I said, the U.S. has not fought a war we had to win since World War II. Well, yeah, I mean, let's take Putin, who certainly is... Well, we don't want none of Putin, a, either. A cra- a, he's a crazy murderer, okay? Yeah. I think that's understood. But here's what Putin has over North Korea and why we would have... Uh, we're more likely to be at war with Russia than North Korea... Is that he's? I don't think that he's willing to throw his entire nation into the meat grinder and then blow his own brains out before he lets the U.S. take over his country. I, I mean, first of all, I don't think that his entire country is so brainwashed that somebody wouldn't take him out before they let the, the tanks roll over in Moscow. That there would be some sort of regime change that happened because of uh, conflict or even possible conflict. And Whereas for people in, who... Or, people North, North Korea, total lockdown. Nobody's... Well, yeah, nobody's well also, but, but the, for, for people that maybe don't realize that what you're saying is not that far-fetched in history. I mean, there was multiple attempts at getting Hitler and the Nazis out of power in Germany... Yeah. Before we ever fucking were e- even even before we were balls deep in the war, like there were people in his own in, in the military in that country going, "This is bullshit. We're gonna either we either win or we become the most hated country in the history of the world." 
Right, like, because this is bullshit. They they were they were all for. It's not like they weren't racist. Like they didn't think the Jews were horrible people. Where they're like, we're making all this traction. We're you know becoming a dominant uh, power in this world, and it's all going to go down the tubes because this guy is obsessed with gassing people. Exactly, exactly. And the only thing I can think of is in North Korea. It's the the the. And I hate to I hate to talk like this because. I've never been to North Korea. I don't know anyone who's from North Korea. All Very I can do is have actually been in and then come back out and report. Hey, Dennis Rodman, exactly, exactly. So, but what I'm getting at is that because of that, all I can do is go by the propaganda in the truest sense and definition of the word. And I'm not saying propaganda in a negative or positive light. Propaganda is anything that gets you to try to think a certain way about a certain subject. That's the definition of that term. Yeah. And that's all I can. That's all I can go on is that Ails. those people are fucking terrified of him, and that's so ingrained in our culture that it, resistance is. It's like it's it's like thinking if I jump off a hundred story building, I'm going to survive when I hit the ground. Right. It's just something they're, that they're, they're like. So fucking stupid. I would never jump off a hundred foot building. I would die. I would never fucking try to rise up against our government because they would kill us. Right, but Kim Jong Un could send his entire population in the meat grinder. Most of them would probably do it. And none of them would think to turn the gun around and shoot the leader and end the whole thing. Now, and if that's the case, if it really is that bad there, that's a scary fucking position. Yes, that's why I was trying to chance for negotiation with this country. Because this, I mean, this, that's not even, this is how fucked up it is. That's not people that are motivated to protect their land. That's not people who are like, we're fighting for our freedom against a government we don't want in here. That's people who are being told, either you go out there and die for us, or we kill you our way. And our way is a lot worse than taking a bullet and dying. So make your decision. But this is how they do it, okay? The economy has been ruined in North Korea, decimated. There are no fucking jobs. There's no money to go around. They survive almost entirely on, on <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. They survive almost entirely well, on, uh, on getting shit from China. And that, that's why we have to, if we're going to solve this North Korea thing, it's going to be through China. China is actually going to be the one to do it. North Korea doesn't get anything from us. They don't want anything from us. And we don't have anything to dangle in front of them. We have no incentive to give North Korea other than we won't bomb you, we won't invade your country if you disarm. That's not really a good starting point if you want to have a negotiation that ends in a disarmament of some sort. So there is no position that the U.S. can make from where I, at least from what I can see. China's the only one that can put pressure on Kim Jong-un and actually try and make a difference. Well, it'll be interesting, to say the fucking least. We can, put, we can put sanctions on Russia. Can't put sanctions on North Korea. Well, I think also, <clears throat> excuse me, I think also a lot of the... Because we don't give them anything. Hasn't the, the UN the, the, also the, done that too? I believe so. Sorry, Rich. I think what might empower a nation like North Korea is the fact that information is so readily and widely available these days versus 30, 40 years ago at the height of the Cold War. Because I knew Marines that came up 
through the ranks of the Corps who were older, uh, and they come up during the Cold War. And the stories when they would, you know, that were passed back and forth about, you know, oh, in Russia, they believe to become a United States Marine, you got to kill one of your own family. Like, that was a common belief held amongst Russian, you know, soldiers. Really? And and so the mystique that comes with, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, their, their military is fucking, they're crazy, you know. It's kind of been, it's kind of, it's kind of gone, you know, we say, if you ever go online, go on YouTube, look up military special forces training in foreign countries, they go above and beyond shit we do anymore. I mean, they torture those guys and they, those guys come out on the other side or they just break. And that's all there is to it. There's, there's no middle ground. And we know that now we can see that they can, they, they know what our training entails because I mean, holy shit, there's whole documentaries that follow people through boot camp and basic training and special forces training all over Netflix, all over the internet. You don't even have to look very hard for them. And so well, with that gone, got- I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I, what I'm getting at is that they, they don't, the, the fear of, Oh my God, the U S soldiers will come over here and the U S soldiers are this much, you know, there's, there's, there's deadly due to training and then there's insane and deadly. Mm-hmm. And we were just assumed to be insane and deadly. I mean, but you it, know, half. Go ahead. He had a whole lockdown on on information, almost entirely. So the only story that gets to the North Korean people is the one that Kim Jong Un wants to tell them that Americans are soft and lazy, and even if they do come over here, they're no contest for us. We are a fierce and disciplined people, and it's my form of government that makes you strong it is the fact that you know that i am a totalitarian leader that keeps us strong and is going to make us a, a you know a, a leader in the world and not just this country that's falling apart like it really is but and, I, there's also I, I think there's a grain of truth to the fact that because he it is a totalitarian government. It is a totalitarian country. And let's be honest, uh, based compared to a lot of the rest of the world, we are soft here in America. Your average American citizen has it very fucking easy compared to a lot of people in the rest of this world. And That's the luxury that you, that you get for figuring out how to work the system right. I mean, well, yeah. And, and also you would hope that as civilization progresses and we get farther farther away from killing each other over watering holes and animal carcasses to survive that we become more civilized and be able to pursue intellectual pursuits versus just okay who can kill who the fastest and i and i understand that but there's there's a grain of truth to what he's saying and there's also a grain of truth to the fact that people that are forged you don't forge steel using water and wool you use it use you know you forge it with fire and and metal and you bend it to you bend it, and you 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 forge it into what you want it to be, the weapon you want it to be. So yeah, probably his military are probably one or zealots, which is scary as fuck. And two, yeah, they're probably a lot harder than we give them credit for. And even though we have the numbers, we really want to go into a into a neighborhood by neighborhood occupation of North Korea. How'd that work in Iraq? How's it going in Afghanistan still? Yeah. I mean, and that's not even as densely populated 
and it's not even necessarily the urban environments I'm talking about. I'm talking, I mean, imagine a foreign army starting on the west side of Detroit, trying to take over Detroit all the way to the east side. And and clear and clear everything out as they're going. It's impossible. It's it's a it, the minute you get one area on lockdown, the next area slips. That's. I mean, if you look at the, how the police are, police. Okay, we're having issues in this area of the city. We'll we'll put more police, more patrols over there. Okay, well the crime just shifts to the area where the cops aren't anymore. I mean, it'd be a constant game of cat and mouse. And I don't. What scares me is I don't know if Trump even thinks along those lines. I'd hope his military advisors do. No. I hope they're the ones that are telling them, look, Mr. President, there's the movies you've watched, like Red Dawn, yeah. and then there's reality. And reality is we would lose a whole lot of men trying to do what you want, and there's no guarantee we would win even if we did. Right. So well, to, to, pick out, to pick apart my earlier defense of Trump even, his conversation with the uh, Chinese um, I forget his name, and do they even have a president or yeah, emperor, prime minister, king, whatever, whatever the Chinese leader was that he was talking to? You know, while I want it, I while part of me wants to give him credit for being more open-minded and being able to look at China and North Korea from a different light. The fact that well, he he changed his mind after talking to the Chinese leader. The Chinese leader educated him. That's good that. He was open to that conversation and that it, he was able to change his mind. But that's very frightening to be, as a world leader, to not go into a situation like that already educated and to let the person that you're negotiating with educate you on the scenario. That's really, I mean... While I'm sure the, the Chinese leader seemed very polite in his meeting with Trump, probably at home is laughing at him. I saw, I didn't click on it and read it. Uh, there was an AP story today that said the Chinese media can't stop making fun of Donald Trump. Right. I mean, this is laughable that, like, they had to spend their meeting with Trump being educated on what the hell is actually going on in China and North Korea and the rest of that part of the world. So, I mean, that's, that's very scary. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I feel a little bit better that we have somebody who maybe isn't just, you know, I state my position and even if I'm proved wrong, I'm going to stand by that no matter what you say. This is a, a different side of Trump. I'm encouraged by that. But if this is going to be how he approaches every negotiation with a foreign leader by letting them set the agenda because he's coming from a place of ignorance, what other agenda does he have? I mean, if, you're, if your agenda is, I'm going to get him called a currency manipulator, and then you sit down with them, the, China, the Chinese president, and he explains to you how not only have they not been devaluing their currency, like here's the actual numbers on why our currency is valued where it is. Well, that's apparently one thing that still can't lie to Trump is numbers. So, I mean, that's great. So you looked at the truth and you saw it and you understood it and you changed your mind. But let's do that again only in advance. 
right? Yeah. A little bit of preparation. How about have some more briefings? How about read them? How about get involved in this shit and go into these scenarios knowing what the fuck you know you're doing? And he's, don't let the everybody else set the agenda. He's that kid in class who's sitting there fucking with his book open while they're passing out the test. Right. <laughs> like, you know, he, I should have read this shit last night. Fuck. School. Doesn't study for shit, doesn't give a shit, but is smart enough to figure out in the moment that C is probably the right answer and gets a 75% or a 70% enough that he doesn't get yelled at by his parents and moves on. Oh, God damn it, that was me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, you said something a few minutes back about how you feel that China is almost laughing at Trump. Yeah. Now, see, I, the stories I've read, like the BBC story that I, I read earlier today. Um, by the way, their foreign minister, his name's uh, Wang Yi. So I, that's who they. That's who I'm assuming you're talking about was was sent over here and dealt no, with Trump. But, uh, I will, that that may be true, but I know that he met with the leader. Okay. Well, he had comments that the comments he said after he met with Trump was one has the feeling that a conflict could break out at any moment. I think that all relevant parties should be highly vigilant with regards to this situation. We call on all parties to re- refrain from provoking or threatening each other, whether in words or action, and not let the situation get to an irreversible, irreversible and unmanageable stage. Well, tomorrow in Korea is the Day of the Sun, which yeah. is Kim Jong Un's or whatever the fuck grandfather's birthday. And they, our satellites are reporting a military buildup, and yeah. intelligence coming out of North Korea is he's going to he's going to test a nuclear bomb. Now, hey. Trump has already said if he tests a nuclear bomb, then hold on a second. I, I want to make sure I'm quoting this right. Trump has said he will attack North Korea if they test a nuclear bomb. And basically, right. North, North Korea has made comments like, okay, go ahead, uh, uh, mercilessly, da, 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 yeah, it, it would mercilessly foil any U.S. Provo- provo- eh. prov- provocation. Provocation. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And I mean, it, basically, so far, this is a bunch of talking and saber rattling, but the problem is, is that I don't... China, look, China is obviously North Korea's backer, but China has to be worried. If shit breaks out and it goes bad for North Korea, not only does that destabilize North Korea, but that also fucks with China's borders because there's going to be people trying to get the fuck out of North Korea. And they're going to run for any place they think they're going to be safe. Now we got new refugees. Oh. Another right. travel ban. I mean, and China doesn't want this. China's very happy with North Korea being... Where they I, are, doing what I, they are, and going, look, we're hands off here. We're not in the middle of it. But if they're if, if they're their backer, which they are, who's North Korea going to turn to when the shit hits the fan? I mean, that's it, it, this is just a no win situation. This is why are we why are we provoking this situation? Let this little dictator do his little bullshit, and when he actually does something that's actionable, we take action. Why are we sitting here having a war of words and escalating the situation? Well, yeah, just like my so what I supposed happened in Syria with Trump talking big, then going to his generals and them saying, "Well, you talk the the shit, so now you got to back it up, or else you won't have a position on Syria that anyone will take seriously anymore." I think in North Korea same situation is mounting 
I think his generals are more likely to say, well, this is different because you never had a position to negotiate from with North Korea to start with. There's not much that can be lost in this situation. And, you know, the worst case scenario is with missiles and we're not prepared to to go that route with this country. If, If there's a chance... That if they think that he's going to test a nuclear bomb tomorrow, and sure, we've all seen these missile tests where they just plunge into the ocean and we laugh and say, you can never reach us. Who knows what the fuck is actually going on in there? Because we don't have people inside. Not a lot of information gets out. And it wasn't that long ago that we even knew that he had the capabilities to do a nuclear test. So... That's that is too risky of a situation to just be haphazardly throwing some missiles around into. I know we did just. Did anyone else like had the thought uh, that I've had maybe the last couple of weeks? Like, hmm, they had that uh, whole budget thing where we increased the military a uh, fucking shitload, and now all this shit's happening. Like now we have to justify it, rationalize it. No, maybe it's been planned the whole time. I have every thought. I thought when his uh, defunding of Planned Parenthood also coincided with the government unfreeze, the government hiring unfreeze, and his first appointment was to uh, some rich businessman to uh, head up the draft in this country. I put those two together and says, well, yeah, where else is he going to get his army from but a bunch of unwanted babies? There you go, man. So <laughs> You made us have them. You fucking raise them. Bill Hicks, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that <clears throat> one of the things that is kind of puzzling to me is that we don't seem to have learned our lessons from the... I hate to say it, the original Cold War. God forbid we end up in a fucking another one. Yeah. But we, I think that's we, the best scenario, though, at this point. We won that through basically winning over cultures and exposing them to American we, culture. Yeah, right. And and, and when, when, when we made fun of them and when we goofed on them and we marginalized them in our media... You know, that's when, like, Khrushchev got up and was slamming his shoe on the, on the table at the U.N. saying, we will take you over and we will never fire a shot. That's when the shit was at its most heated. It's only when we were like, you know what, hey, how about this? How about we show them how good life can be when you don't live under this type of government oppression? Why don't we do that? Why don't we send Metallica and Pantera and all our fucking bands and metal bands over there and get all these fucking teenagers loving our culture and loving our music to the point where... The old bullshit party, yeah. you know, and it, it, well, it, but yeah, but you can't see. At least with Russia, they were in a situation where they were smart enough not to close off their borders completely because they understood that their country was already not doing all that great, and to close off trade in the way that North Korea has closed themselves off from the rest of the world would be detrimental to them, and so the culture was able to seep in, and you know the blue jeans and the Metallica and everything else did play a part in, in in ending the Cold War, definitely, because it changed the minds of a lot of people in the country. We don't have that kind of access to North well, Korea. What I'm, what I'm, I understand that, but what we do have 
is for every country that has hackers that fuck with us, we have probably three for their every one to go fuck with other countries. But they don't even have internet access. Oh, I thought they did. They just had North Korea. It was, it was super it like restricted. Two, they got two From people the online in North Korea. Or it's am I not, thinking China where it's super restricted? No, it's not. I mean, there's computers. They're, they can get on the internet, but when it doesn't actually, it's not the worldwide web. It's only the North Korea web. That's not much of an internet. And it's still like, you have the top controlling all information. So what I mean, I'm getting they, at is like it, they don't hear about the outside world. They just get this completely fictionalized version of that. Well, I mean, I hate to be the, this guy, but other countries could say the same thing about us. As far as our television news stations, you know, well, to where yes. with differences, differences, we can go on the internet and look for alternate alternative news sources. We live well, in I'm, a self-created bubble. What I'm getting at is that part of intelligence is counterintelligence, which is planting seeds of dissent among the people to to take care of the government without us having to intervene. Where there's a will, there's a way. Well, that, I have that, to believe. I, I have to believe we have entire branch, not branches, but entire parts of the military that are dedicated to cyber warfare in one way or another. And my concern is, with the current administration, they don't tend to think that way. Okay, remember what Trump was in, during the debates? You know, it, we don't know if it's Russia or some four hundred pound kid in his mom's basement. He's right. still fucking talking about stereotypes. That haven't been relevant to people that use computers in 20 years. Deny, or deny, deny. And so, I mean, in his mind, he's he t he's got that cowboy mentality, even more so than than W did to news. me. Of oh, we'll just go in and, and through a show of force get you to bow your knee. Eh, it's not going to work. We there's different ways we have to handle different things. I mean, and I I just I, once again. I'm longing for the nuance of the W administration. <laughs> Jeez, you know? yeah, an interview with him the other day on NPR, and I was—he was so nice. He was—he was so humble and just grateful to be interviewed and get to talk about his book and all this shit. I know you and saw him. I, I saw him then, on. Uh, I think Jimmy Kimmel I was like, "God damn it, I'd go have a beer with that guy." Fuck. And and you know this was NPR interview, so. I'm not saying this was like a hardball Whoa, interview. Oh, he was on NPR. Just oh, settle down. Did you just come in your pants? No, but think about no. <laughs> think about ten. Think about in 2007. You think right. he's getting anywhere close to NPR? Right. No, no, yeah, was, yeah. So he was being interviewed on NPR, and they fired a, a couple of things. Well, some people could say that about your administration, shit like that. And he just kind of like he didn't laugh it off. He was, I don't know, I. It is insane how how different of a personality that it just it just really cements how far Trump is from anything that we've experienced as presidential at all. Not even talking about good president or bad president. Uh, He's strayed so far from what we consider worthy to be president. And I hate, to, uh, here we go, well, you know, now I'm Trump-splaining. Please don't take this as maybe trying to be a Trump apologist either. I'm willing to bet we've had presidents like him before, but behind closed doors. It, yeah. yeah. Like, um, I, would say, I would say LBJ was more along his lines than, than, like, than W was. Yeah, like Trump doesn't understand, or maybe it's just... 
once again, maybe this is one of those society mirror things. Like, you know, I, you could argue it started coming up in like the early 2000s with guys like Eminem, this whole I don't give a fuck attitude. Like, yeah. well, you know, maybe there, maybe he's like, hey, I'm dropping the bullshit. I'm not going to give you one image behind closed doors and another one for the cameras. Like, this is Donald Trump unfiltered. Like, maybe that's why I don't fucking know. Like, maybe, you know, maybe there's that going on. I think I, I, what I can can definitively say is I think we should stop using this term Trump splaining, even though I think we just invented it on this podcast. Oh, it's probably but, the title of the episode. But I think we can also put it to bed now too, because I don't think that there is anything any such thing as Trump splaining. There's simply uh, having a critical mind and wanting to understand. We're all in the situation, right? And we're all just trying to understand it. And nobody gets anything, nobody moves the conversation forward by coming from a position of, well, definitely don't like Trump, I think he's bad for the country, therefore everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie, everything that he does is wrong, we'll always find a reason to be mad. And there is zero to be gained from that. And it's going to be when I four years talk, if you think like that. I mean, yeah, it, me just kind of, I'm, it's almost like a thought experiment. What do I think is going on in this guy's head? How do I think all this shit is playing out behind the scenes? Because, you know, no matter, we may not live long enough to get the whole story of what's going on right the fuck now. You know, usually the, nobody knew what the fuck JFK was doing at the time. Yeah, it's true. He was the golden boy. And even if they did, they wouldn't want, they would, oh, that's. People are just out to get him because he's strange. so radical. Had to get a strange piece of ass every day. Right. Or he got a headache. That's crazy. So that's all <laughs> that we can do in the moment. As we're living history, we, we can only suppose. And you can only do that with trying to be as open-minded about every situation and looking at it critically and figuring out, well, historically, <laughs> this has happened and this guy tends to be this type of person or maybe this is what he's thinking. I posit this question to you. What the fuck could come out? Because at the beginning of his presidency come, is the peeing on people shit. Or watching, pe- or watching people getting peed on. Like That's at the beginning. What's going to come out in fucking 40 years? Think about that. Right. Maybe, you know, maybe he, took, maybe he just took a, uh, a page out of... Well, a lot of different people's playbooks and just said, if I just throw out all the negative shit myself, leak it out through different sources, then if if, if the worst comes out first, people will either believe it or not. And then it doesn't matter at that point because everything else is going to be like, well, it's still not as shocking as him paying two fucking Russian hookers to piss all over themselves on a mattress. <laughs> yeah. Just sets the bar right away. Well, that all leads into, I think, the most diabolical thing about him and his administration. And and that's something that I don't think is ever going to change. And that's the the desire to control the narrative through complete obfuscation by being able to throw so much crazy shit out there that, well, nobody knows what to believe anymore. So now, now I can set what the truth is well i mean isn't that the, isn't that the theory that like okay if you come home late and your parents catch you trying to sneak in the house and you're a little high 
You know, they're right. like, what were you doing? Were you, were, you, were you drinking? You're like, no, I was sharing needles with AIDS-infested hookers and having unprotected anal sex. That's what I was doing. And they just go, oh, my God, whatever. Just go to your room. I don't even want to see you right now. Mm-hmm. To where the point where they don't even think to ask, you know, how come your eyes are a little bit red? You just you just bowl over with bullshit, you know? And they just, like, oh, uh, he's a okay, smart ass, go to your room, you know? Yeah. Like American Psycho. Well, what do you do? I'm in mur- murders and executions. <laughs> <laughs> Mergers and acquisi- <laughs> acquisitions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to believe it. I, it. Look, it. Someone is someone besides Trump is in Trump's head. Not not literally, but I'm talking about as far as guiding him. I don't know who it is necessarily. At first, everyone, I think, a lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people would have swore it was Bannon, but apparently that's just not the case. A lot of other people would swear it's his daughter. For a minute, even Bill Maher was saying that he thought it was Kellyanne Conway. But no. what, maybe, what if? What if? Maybe, maybe it's different people at different points in time. Maybe it's easy to fall in and out of favor with Trump. It's kind of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately attitude he has towards everybody. I don't know. Isn't but, that what... If you want to, if you want to praise him for his business, uh, for being a businessman, you got, okay, set aside all the bankruptcies and other horrible brands. But how does one get to that position and be successful by finding the right people in the right? Yeah, situation I was just about to. What they want. I think we're about to bring up the same point. I was about to say, like, for the love of God, I know I'm about to say this, and it's recorded. I'm watching it record right now. Maybe it's him. Maybe he started out with his original team. But nope, this shit ain't working. I'm being called the next Hitler. Next, you know, like, let's, let's, all right, this guy's got to go. Let's bring this person in. Let's try this now. Maybe it's him. And, and that's, I would, I, I could see that because that's what a businessman would do. What's, yes. work, what's Maybe, working right now? It's the same thing in sports. You go with the hot hand. If you yeah. have a hot pitcher and it's game seven of the World Series, Good you don't throw your fucking closer out there just because he's your closer. You throw the hottest pitcher you got. They can go out and do get the job done. Yeah, like you dance maybe, with who brought you. Maybe this is the business acumen coming in. Like, oh, what? Okay, Bannon, you're becoming too much of a liability. You got to fucking go. Yeah. Like, but I think which, it was Bill Maher that made the point. It's not, I mean, Bannon having a stink on him on him doesn't bother Trump Trump at all. It's when the idea started being thrown out about Bannon being the true president. By the way, but Rick, I guess too. I can't, sorry. Uh, go ahead, Rich. Well, I was just going to say this because um, we keep, you know, Bannon, and of course he's he's got his fingers, you know, way deep into the Breitbart pie. Um, I, I I've been hearing little noises about that Milo has been making here and there, so I oh, guess he's, he's well, he's I, it's like little That's mini columns for him, slim faggy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> That's- but anyways, one of the something I, th- I thought was real interesting was I was listening to uh, the best of Howard Stern on satellite radio the other day, and from night or from 2007 they had George Takei on, and he was talking about I can't remember who the the, the interview subject was, but he was gay. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just was, I know where you're going with this though. He was talking about. He was talking with the interview guest. He was sitting in with the show, and they were talking about being gay and sexual experiences when they were gay. And I guess 
Howard threw out there that George Takei had brought up on air before that his first sexual experience was when he was like 13 with an 18 year old male and Howard called it molestation and George Takei stopped the conversation and made a point to say it wasn't molestation that he wasn't molested that it was a it was a more of a mentorship relationship yes into into welcome you know like like bringing him into the world of which sounds you know, like somebody in denial but but, but still but, here's but, the thing he that's that's exactly what milo said but milo said it with a lot more humor than george Takei said it mm-hmm. and what gets me is that this was said 10 years ago this was completely glossed over and Milo had are. a huge target on him at the time. He had a huge, that's but that's that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting at. Like, is it? Are we kind of maybe overthinking a lot of this shit when it comes to his yeah. his, his to his little crew behind the, the curtain? Because well, that's that's the culture we're in now. We're in a culture of they have a target, so we we have to blow up every accusation. So you know, and, and inspect it. If your goal is to discredit Milo Yiannopoulos, if your goal is to discredit Sean Spicer, if you think these people are uh, shouldn't have a voice because they're either just horrible people or bad at their jobs, um, then I think you go with whatever you can get traction on. Okay, you know I've been talking all this shit about how horrible Milo is, and now people are all you know twisted up about his his comments about uh, priests molesting kids. Well, fine. If that's what gets you, then let's go with that. And they just drive that into the ground. <coughs> well, I, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously that's there. But what I, I just, I think that, I wonder if we're even getting caught up in it as, as far as us three with this, you know, whole second guessing who's in good standing with Trump and blah blah blah, and who's on their way out, who's who's this, who's that. It might not be that it might not be that dire of a situation. It might just be he keeps a bullpen of people that he pulls from, and if you're not relevant to the situation that he's dealing with at the moment, you're put on the back burner because there's no need for you to be on the front burner. And we're reading into that as, ooh, this person fell out of you know favor with Emperor Trump, mm-hmm. you know, off with their head. But, and we're and know, we're kind of jumping at shadows here because who's really been expelled from his from who's no. been expelled from since he declared for president to now. You're absolutely right. Little insider crew. That's what, you know. We're, this podcast is going out tomorrow, and that's good because a week from now, I'm probably going to be laughing at half of it. You're Who fired. knows what the fuck is going to happen? And everything is changing so You're fast. Fired. Like I said, all we can do is guess and try and make sense of it in the moment. And I mean, this, I guess the scariest thing, if that is the case, to where he's just he does keep a bullpen of people with different ideals and random. Outlooks to pull from is that there's no rhyme or reason for this. He's just going by the seat of his pants, and that to me is even more scary than if there is an end goal here. That if he has, if he's working towards something, which to me is what we've all been told in business, you have to have a goal and you have to work towards it. So I would assume as a businessman, he's working towards some ultimate goal. But what's even more to me more scary is if he's just flying, like I said, just making it up as he goes. Well, that's terrifying. I, I, I guess that's that's part the part of me that's searching for some logic behind this and trying to find. I mean, ha! But, he said well, logic. Look, look, the okay. So you could argue whether how successful of a businessman he is. I mean, certainly he's made millions, billions, whatever books uh, and. and uh, um, hey man, and, 
it, it resorts and restaurants and all these brands even, and all this shit and hotels. Even though he got stuff. handed his money, he's figured out how to keep it, so I figured he's smart enough it's, to do that. Right. So it's not like every Scott, every building that he built burnt to the ground. Yet. Wait until you know, they got collecting checks money. There, it's not like he was so incompetent. It wasn't the story of the the kid who got daddy's money and then pissed it all away. Yeah. So there's got to be some good that comes out of this. I mean, <laughs> unless we can actually figure a way to get him out of office to impeach this bastard, there's got to be something that we can get out of this, right? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> there's got <laughs> This is America. I want it now. If this is all just as random and chaotic as you're painting it, that's almost more hopeful. If you're just thinking that you're dealing with a guy that is anti-everything that you stand for as a human being, then there's no winning. If it's chaos, then maybe you're getting 30% of what you want. Sure, the other 70% sucks. It includes nuclear fallout. But hey, at least the ta- trains run on time, right? I don't know. <laughs> you fix the roads, right? Infrastructure, infrastructure. I don't have to go any work anymore. Hey, you freeway in Atlanta that catches fire. I have to drive in this radiation suit, but look at how wide and luxurious these lanes are. Man, look how many cars there aren't on the road anymore. <laughs> you sure took care of that traffic problem. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Never been able to get around in L.A. so oh. fucking luxuriously. Yeah, that needs to be like a New Yorker cartoon right there. Yeah. <laughs> Took care of that traffic problem. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Everything looks like fucking Death Valley. Freeway, even. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. We've hit rock bottom as far as uh, the grimness <laughs> of this podcast. Isn't that usually where we wrap it up? There's, uh, there's one more thing Rich wanted to get to. What did I miss? Uh, well, you know what we missed. No, we I don't. it off it's- all podcasts. United Airlines, dude. Dr. Dow. (sighs) Trust me, I'm fatigued on it, too, but Rich has been, like, he's been, he kept it. Because, Chris, I I I want you to talk about this because it's crazy that we've talked about it for a week. (laughs) Okay, here's the deal. This is is why I haven't said anything, even when you and Earl were going back and forth. I'm used to being on an island. Let me have it. Uh, when you and Earl been going back and forth and stuff, because I want you to explain why you seem to fall, and I'm just making this assumption based on what you said, you seem to fall firmly on United Airlines' side. I seem why to fall in the that? camp of fuck that guy. Okay. <laughs> because, all right. Here it is. I'm in the all camp. Right. Can I be in camp fuck them all? Yeah, actually, that's my, is like, fuck everybody in this story. Like, my... My, I am okay. I want to preface this with like, I don't want to get death threats because apparently that happens now. I'm, I am aware empirically, surface on the surface of the situation that it is fucked up. Okay, there's my qualifier. But I fucked up that it ever got to this point. Yeah, right. but I, all right, like every two weeks, I am, I take four flights. All right. Dude, the travelers now are so fucked up, like, narcissistic, self-important, not self-aware, ironically, selfish and rude. Like, I see it all the fucking time. 
Like my first thought when this video came out was like because of where it started. Like I want to see the I want to see the first ten minutes before this. Like, how does it get to them? Yes, drag the guy I, with blood running. Security down his face. does not like, just fucking show up on an airplane. Like it escalates to that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it, well, no, that ain't Chris. I understand that. Yes. I want to go back even further than that, though. And this is what I think hardly anyone I've, I've heard is really talking about. You're, you are United Airlines. Your job is to provide a service to your customers who pay dearly for that service. If it is company policy that employees that are flying on standby, because the only standby I've ever heard of before was, I don't even know if they have this anymore. It used to be called military standby. What that meant is if you were in the military, you had to fly in uniform, and the minute there was an open seat or someone didn't have a seat, they would put you on there, and you'd get a, you'd get a military discount for your flight, obviously, blah, blah, blah. It's usually used in case someone had to go back home for a family emergency and was in the military. But they would never bump a paying customer off. Now, if employees are flying on standby and they're bumping paying customers off, regardless of whether or not they're offering compensation for a hotel room or a, a free plane ticket, that to me is a shitty business model because airlines took all that goodwill that they had after 9-11 as far as the subsidies they got from the federal government and shit all over people to the point where the horror stories were coming out on a weekly basis of people being stuck on a tarmac for five to seven hours, no water, no bathroom breaks, couldn't get off the airplane. Then they come out with with the traveler's bill of rights. And then I hear earlier this week that United Airlines has a has a essentially a rebuttal through corporate policy to travelers' rights to the tune of a thirty-seven thousand word document that nobody has ever read that's ever flown United. Maybe there's one kid that's like on the spectrum somewhere that used it to pass time and read it. I don't fucking know, but ninety-nine percent of your travelers don't read it, and if it says. We will bump paying customers off for our own employees to take a flight. You're not exact. That's not exactly. To me, that smacks of okay. There's us and there's three other airlines. Make your fucking choice. So basically, you're being assholes because you can get away with it because there is no other fucking choice, really. Yeah, and that sucks. Well, and, but that, I guess that, is, that to me is where the outrage needs to come. For a number of different reasons why people get bumped from flights. I, but you see what I'm it, saying? That right there is where the outrage to me seems to needs to go is towards, wait a minute, fuck uh, you. That's you were providing us a service. You can't bump me if I'm a paying customer. Tell them to take a fucking, get, well, get a rental car. I understand, but the other part, too, I guess, is why I'm like, fuck that guy is, that were me, I would have been on the phone with customer service as as I was walking off the plane. Like, hey, this just happened, what are you going to fucking do? Because, like, I, I could tell you in four years, I've gotten over 100,000 miles, over $1,000 in travel vouchers from the shit they've done. I got shit coming from me, because that Sunday, while I'm flying, they just canceled my flight from LAX to Oakland. Just cancel it and rebook me on a flight at 8 in the morning. I'm landing at 9.30 at night. I slept at LAX on Sunday. Like, mm-hmm. fucking, I, like, my new method, and it seems to work, I blow them up on Twitter. Like, at Delta, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you, like, I woke up that day. That flight was already delayed. It was delayed a half, and we took off a half an hour late. I slept. I got a travel mayor badge on Sunday. I slept at fucking LAX, which, side note, guys, really fucking creepy at being at the busiest airport in the world, or one of I the busiest airports in the world. Nothing. 
Nobody, except people coming around with like rug shampooers. Nobody, everything's closed. It was kind of eerie. But I slept in O'Hare overnight one time, but oh. I wouldn't do it at LAX. Yeah, but I, I've, I've only had to do it at the bus station in D.C., and that was a that was an experience on, on its own. <laughs> but I guess just my hear what Delta's response was to this. Uh, they're working on it. Like I gave them my thing, and trust me, I'm about. I'll get. Oh, I'll get something. Not your situation, no. The the United Airlines. Oh yeah, shit. yeah. They're the, but I guess just my thing with that is like, the the other part of the conversation nobody is or didn't even get to that is like, dude, he would have been getting his ass kissed nine ways from Sunday on the phone. Like, all right, sir, sorry about this. Here's what we're gonna do. Like. I don't know. I think it just got to a stupid situ. It got to stupid escalation. Got to stupid reaction. Like what 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 I'm getting to, and Aaron, you're right. I I said it, and I didn't. I didn't mean it how it came out when I said they can't bump me. I'm a paying customer. What I'm saying is, of course they can. They can do whatever the fuck they want. All right. Yeah. It's their fucking airplane. But what I'm saying is, that's the shittiest fucking customer service you can provide, and you're already. You're already not well-loved in the travel industry because of the bullshit you guys have pulled post-9-11. Shrinking seats, charging extra for every single fucking thing. I mean, you're, you're already in people's crosshairs and you pull this shit. And instead of people going, you know what, fuck United then. We're not going to fly them because they don't even value their paying customers. The problem is they can't. But do you see what I'm saying? I haven't even heard anyone outraged like that. What I hear is, oh, my God, they beat up their customers and they drug them off the plane. No, that was security that did that. That wasn't United. Yeah, that was the airport police officers. Okay. Well, let's let's clarify another point on this, though, because isn't it true that what the officer did was try and lift him up out of his seat and then drag him off the plane? And what the passenger did was... He went limp. Halfway stand up, go limp, and go head first into the headrest. Yeah, like he injured himself. Like, uh, he injured himself. Like, that's what I don't get right. about all this. Like, so how, does, how do we not... Like, I don't understand why this conversation... That, that's what enrages me about it, is that it's been a week of... He's a big baby. Black and white. Of if you're not... If you're uh, if you're outraged at what United Airlines did, how they handled this situation, then you also apparently believe that the police rushed in there, punched this guy in the face, and dragged his ass off the plane. I guess that's just even what though you... even though we have video of it, but that's what you believe. I mean, you somehow have respect for this person who throws a fit like a two-year-old and swan dives into a, a chair in in order to. The 1% of me that felt bad for him, as soon as I saw that video and he said, you'll have to drag me, they were gone. Done. Like, all right, man. You He's just kill me? Like, when he say, yeah, you kill me. Uh, just kill me. Like, just kill, like, calm down, drama queen. Okay, but do you guys understand what I'm saying? I'm the, look, it got retarded when it got to that point. All right? If I'm... Yeah. A, this is this is this is this is how this is how it's playing out in my mind. If I'm this gentleman, I'm sitting on a plane. They've asked for volunteers. No one's volunteered, and so they fucking they knee into the thing. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You're it, okay? I'm gonna go. You know, this is some bullshit, and fuck every single one of you. And where's the people who are taking my seat? Fuck you, dude. Seriously, as I'm walking off the plane. Oh, oh, well, you're acting like a baby. You're acting like a bitch. You know what? 
I don't give a fuck. I got a right to be pissed off. I paid my fucking good money. This is an employee for whatever reason is going to take my fucking seat. Now my travel plans are fucked. That's what I'm saying. You say that to customer service, they're like I'm saying, you'd say it that way. I've learned you got to say it calmly, but if you say it that way to customer service, dude, you're flying, you're getting uh, right. You're getting fucking so do you, flights do you for the next six months. Do you understand Look, what I'm saying? It, that's where that's where my that's where over and he busts your tail light out. You don't say fuck you. I saw what you did. You get his name and you take it up with the chief. That's your only hope of justice. I guess, maybe there is none. I guess kind of too rich. I could just kind of have this mentality of the situation. It's kind of like the, the, the thing we referred to, you know, you, your uh, fight that one time with the electric company. Like, uh, what other, you know, like I've just kind of, re- I've kind of acquiesced to like when you're, use the airlines like you're kind of in that situation like and i just take the fight elsewhere like uh like and until they develop uber air and can we're I, all riding in big flying taxis one more thing that bothered me it's about this situation like i think a uh, kind of an undertone of this video that nobody's talking about and i'm gonna say is i think you saw a personification a demonstration of hashtag activism in the form of all of the people sitting around going, oh my God, what are you doing? This is awful. Nobody, nobody, I can't believe nobody would have just like stood up and went, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, that's way, hey, he's got to get home. Like, it, like let's not, the, all these people got to get somewhere. Let's not fuck, like, hey, take my seat. Like, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's another thing that bothered me about it. You got everyone just sitting around going, oh, my God. It's not like the cops had guns drawn on them and shit. Like, somebody could have just stood up and whoa, hey, easy. Here, take this seat. Like, we're good. He wants to but go that home. Goes, that goes back to what you were saying about how people are self-centered when they travel anymore. Yeah. My thing is, though, I've, I've, look, I flew a whole lot before 9-11. I've flown four times since 9-11, all right? So I can't really speak on post-9-11 flying, except for the four experiences I've had, which were the most horrible experiences I've ever had flying, yeah. right? And I flew literally probably close to 50 times before I was, like, even 15 years old, all right? I cannot imagine the – I mean, I, I work in the service industry. And to me, I, if I'm a car salesman and someone comes up to me and goes, hey, I want that car right there, and I got cash – Here's a cashier's check for it. And I have to, and I go, oh, no, because there's a Ford employee who wants to buy it. So, fuck you. You're bumped off the list. Huh? Well, no, service industries operate on competition. And, and when there's no competition, this airlines, is what we end up with. Airlines, yep. electric company, cable companies, I mean, uh, telephone providers. Uh, that's actually, uh, cell phone providers are, is opening up more, actually, recently. Mm-hmm. But end of the day you're you're paying for one of three different networks uh, to me this just goes back to that, that drive up price and drive down quality of experience to me it goes back to what we've talked about multiple times over the years which is the, in, in no matter what industry it is whether it be radio whether it be the airlines whatever there's fewer and fewer companies there's a, there's a bunch of companies with different names, but there's fewer and fewer owners of those companies, and fewer of those companies are independent companies that don't fall under the umbrella of a parent company that owns it. You know, I mean, and 
That is, isn't that what is as, as as two card carrying libertarians? Isn't that the opposite of what the fuck you would want out of the market? It's like one of my favorite Mister Show sketches where the guy asks for change to break a dollar. You seen that one? Oh yeah, and they got to get goes, like approval and shit. He's like, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to call the boss. What? Are you serious? And then it goes up and up and up. <laughs> it goes all the way up to the head of the company that has to make a decision on whether or not this guy can break a dollar at the counter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's it it's a sketch. I you know I haven't seen the sketch, but I get the gist of it. But uh, having worked in certain companies for certain corporations. It's not that far from the truth. I guess I it's just, an exaggerated situation, but it's a situation that does arise. Just I guess I, I've just learned as a regular user of the airlines is like I've learned how to manipulate the hostage situation. <laughs> if that makes any sense to you guys, like I, well, I know I, what I, I'm in, and I've I've learned how to work the system of when it fucks me. I get, I get it, and here's, and I, first of all, this guy's an idiot for fucking pulling what he did, and then the people coming out saying this is like the, this is worse than the fall of Saigon. Someone calls him the Ro- uh, Rosa Parks. Yes, and, and, okay, this is, this is shit I don't even get into because it's like, it's not worth my fucking time. These are fucking morons saying this shit. To me, the the the, the central issue here is that we are at the mercy of the airlines to where they can pull something like this. And our only recourse is to either get off the plane politely or get off the plane and be an asshole. Right. Because to me, to a normal human being, no, that's, your two, that's, your, that's, that's the two choices you have. A normal human being is not going to allow themselves to be fucking dragged off an airplane like a fucking child throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah, okay, they're not going to let that happen. That we don't know their names or who they are because there are three other people that just went, who got well, up and was like, and I guarantee you one of them said at least to where people immediately around them could hear him said, this is some bullshit. Yeah, I'd, I'd have done that. As, as much as I, because I've noticed a shift in my attitude, like my first year or two, I had that attitude, like, I'm paying customer, and blah, blah. Now I'm right. at a point where I feel sympathetic for the airline employees, like, man, like, these people got to deal with us, that sucks. And like, see, that's another thing. I would have looked at the employees and been like, I understand the, the, the person who pulled the short straw and had to come over and tell the people, look, we, we did it through a random lottery, we just chose four seat numbers, your seat number come up. I'd look at them and go, look, I understand that you're just doing your job, but you're a cog in a fucking really jacked up fucking system. You know that, right? And, and I'd have been saying all that as I'm gathering my shit to get off the plane. And believe me, yeah. as, as soon as I calm down, Chris, I'm, you know, I, I'm now, you know, in the, in the last five years of my life, I've learned, okay, vent, get it out of your system, then get on the phone and talk to somebody yeah. and get your, get, your, get your motherfucking movie checked then. Okay, yeah. that's Trust what me, you I've, do. I've been in situations where I've like started getting heated with the person. I'm like, wait, like, sorry, like, you're just here. This sucks. This happened to me. Like, let me get my, let me get my head together and start again. You know, like, yeah. You know This is the story. This, right. There is no story here other than people really hate airlines. This is some psychopath and. Having experience with a company, and he ran back on. Too. He ran it doesn't back say on. anything about. It doesn't say anything about the airlines in general. It doesn't say anything about air travel or our experience or our rights or anything like that. It's so little of a story. the The only interesting thing about this is everybody's reaction to it and the fact that if somebody wants to report on the fact that well. If this guy is such a Rosa Parks for flight, 
then how come he wrote prescriptions for blowjobs? Well, that's to me. No, no, that's that's neither here nor there. Let me finish my thought. All right. If and when journalists uh, report on stories about him giving away prescriptions for blowjobs and everybody else gets upset about it and says, oh, well, what are you? You're an apologist for the airline now. You're trying to slander this man because you're on the side of, of United Airlines. No, how about it's facts, and maybe this isn't the hill you want to die on. Maybe this isn't your fucking Rosa Parks, you idiots. Yeah, the only thing maybe he caused himself to be in this shitty situation. The only relevant thing I think came out of that background stuff is he's only allowed to practice medicine on an outpatient basis one day a week. Like the rest of that stuff, like yeah, but it, you know that. But anyway. But like I said, people coming out saying this is worse than the fall of Saigon simply because they found out he was of Vietnamese descent. People coming yeah. out saying he's Rosa Parks. Yes. This is a 21st bullshit. century I ain't moving situation. That's all bullshit. And it, I think, it, sadly, the majority of us know that. It's just the idiots who just want to. Okay, how do you look at this situation and go, well, what, what uh, nationality or what country did his grandparents come from? Oh, his grandparents were born in Vietnam. Oh, okay, so somehow we're going to turn this into a racist situation because he's Vietnamese. What? Yeah. That ain't on the, the ticket. That, that, ain't on the, the fu- that ain't on the flight manifesto. How the fuck did we get to that point? At no point have I heard anybody, even the internal memo- memos in, from United, say, make sure to get these fucking zipperhead chinks off the fucking plane. This is okay. A, yeah, it doesn't hey. ask for your race on your no. ticket. Exactly. Why do we have this entitlement to flying in an airplane that none of us own? I don't understand. Because I paid why my good right. money. Yeah. We're talking. We're talking about the passenger bill of rights. Fuck you. Do I need a, a passenger bill of rights to get in a fucking taxi? And, and if I take my shoes off and bring my dog and the fucking taxi driver kicks me out, do I have rights? Oh, I'm <laughs> unjust. This is yeah, but, this, this, I could be kicked out of a taxi. Dog shits up the backseat. York. Yeah, but, my, what you, okay, but what's your animal and my snuggie on? Aaron, what you're either overlooking or you're downplaying is the fact that the passenger bill of rights was to keep people from being stuck on a tarmac for five plus hours at a time, being basically held hostage because you can't get off a plane once you get on a plane. Really? You tell me if there was a fire on this plane, we couldn't get off. We'd all just have to burn up on the tarmac here. Fuck you. If you're that far behind, let the fucking people off the plane. Or better than that, guess what? The airline's going to have to bite the bullet and, and offer some water and open up the bathrooms. But when I'm they say you can't even leave your fucking seat for five no, hours plus? If you want to talk ridiculous. about a situation where people are basically detained beyond their control, then, yeah, there are rights that you have. That's where the Bill of Rights, um, the, air, the Traveler's Bill of Rights right. come up. That and has to it, nothing to do with, with choosing people to remove from a flight for any reason. Taking to, somebody off a plane is at the airline's discretion, period. And I, may, once again, I don't know, maybe it's me. If I'm running a business, the last thing I want to do is piss off the people who pay me for my serv- to pay for my services. Right that's up, that's yeah. just, that's, I, don't know, I don't know any other way to put it. To me, if I was in, okay, I've said, I've said that I feel this guy was a fucking, he is a fucking idiot for doing that's what he did. Just, I don't now see I'm just, Now I'm going to say, on the other side, if I'm working for United, you know what I'm doing? I'm pulling those four employees aside once I couldn't get four people to volunteer and going, how far is it of a drive to where you got to get? 
And if they're to like, oh, three, four hours, well, then guess what? You're going to rent a car and you're going to fucking drive, guys. Have a good one. I'm not going to throw paying customers off this plane because you want to fucking take yeah. a, 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 a four-hour drive and turn it into a 45-minute flight. Rent a car, we'll pay for it. Exactly. There's, there's a lot that could have been done on both sides. But the point is, to me, is that United doesn't even feel like they don't even have to try to work around the situation. We, what we say goes. Because it's your plane, fair enough. But to compare it to a taxi driver or a bus driver, if you fucking, if you say I'm getting off the bus or I'm getting out of the taxi because you are dealing with idiots, I'm either your taxi driver or your bus driver, they don't say we're going to sick federal agents on you if you try to get off this fucking vehicle. They let you get the fuck off. You, you, give them your, you give them their money and you get the fuck out of the cab and you start walking the rest of the way until you find another cab. Yeah. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what pisses me off is that, why this is just bad business on United's part, and then they're they're sitting there looking at us, going, "Yeah, we know we're giving it to you, fucking straight, no chaser in the ass, raw dog style, but you're gonna like it, and you're gonna ask us for more, Daddy." And it's like, no, fuck you, How, really? If Coke was if Coke was really bad at getting its soda to the stores and restaurants, and every and there's a good amount of chance that you went someplace expecting to get a Coke, and they're like, "We're out, sorry." Would that make you like Pepsi more? I mean, yes, you would buy less Cokes because you'd have less opportunities, but would it make you want to buy less Cokes? There's really not much competition on it. It's, and that's and in this case, that's the, the problem, Coke, right? Let me, let me, let me clarify. Coke isn't the, the airline. Coke is the cheapest flight I can get. That's the pole. And that's why United Airlines and any of the... the the airline they don't have really competition they have hubs that allow them to take advantage of traffic for lower rights that keep the cow moving through the fences yeah the gates i like that metaphor <laughs> that's how i feel is it, I, I, bodies. I, I, oh, I understand I, we need to put four farmers on it get four of those cows out They'll be shipped on the next truck. Keep it and moving. I, and I understand where you're coming from. I really do. And I understand. I Believe me, I, I'm not siding with this I guy. In the, I'm seeing well, reality. I believe. I'm not, I'm, that's not what, my stance on how to run a business. What I'm saying is... Okay, what I was, what I was getting at was that obviously this guy was presented with this situation. He made it worse. I'm not defending him or anything he did i mean to 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 make people drag you off a plane like a child is fucking ridiculous for a grown man to do especially someone who's a fucking doctor i would like to think that if you're a doctor you have enough intelligence and common sense to not take things to that level and escalate uh, escalate a situation to where that has to be the outcome but apparently this guy does doesn't matter to him i just to uh, I can't imagine, maybe because I've never been in a situation where I have almost a monopoly running for what what service I'm offering, to where I can be almost cavalier about whether I piss off my fucking my customers or not. It to me, it, it was just it's it's a bad policy. It's a bad policy to say you're going to bump paying customers for employees, unless that's a life or death situation. But even if that's the case, I mean. <laughs> I just I, I don't know, man. It, it the whole thing the whole thing got ridiculous. 
like Chris, I think you had a very valid point. People whipped out their phones and were like, "Oh, I'm so horrified this is happening." Don't go. So, if you're so horrified, why don't you take the offer to take his place? Yeah, right. I'm not you're saying that. I, I don't know what I would do necessarily in that situation. That I would be the one to jump up and uh, say, "No, take me instead." But I, I definitely would occur to me because look, while that's happening, nobody want. I wouldn't want to be there. I don't even want to be around that shit happening. Why well, not? Actually got up because it's been like, man, we're all gonna, everyone's gonna be late. Like, right. that's- this is all gonna take forever. This is not gonna go well, and we're all gonna have a bad experience because yeah. of this guy. How about he just stays and I go? I'll let United kiss my ass. You know, yeah. Nobody did that. Like, that's one of the things that really bugged me about it. Everyone's sitting around horrified. Get the fuck up. Like, this is this this could have been a rubber meets the road opportunity well, for somebody. It- I don't know. I mean, at that point when the guy dives into the headrest and bloodies his own nose, the, I don't think that there was any... There's no putting him back in the seat. That's the like, point of no return. There could have been five people stand up and rush off the plane saying, see you later, and they wouldn't have been like, oh, well, I guess we have space now. Let me just belt you in there. And everybody before, got a fun on the flight anyway, so... The, the the time the time for action is before the federal agents step one foot on that fucking plane. Yeah, that's all there is to it. The minute yeah. the, the minute the minute you have air marshals or or police step on that plane, it's a lose lose situation because no one's gonna it. it the airline isn't gonna look good. People are gonna fucking blow it out of proportion. Even if this even if they'd have come on, he'd have been like, "Look, sir." We don't want to physically remove you from the plane, but we will if we have to. And he was like, yeah, all right, fine, fuck it. I didn't realize, you know, you were willing to go to that extent. Let me get, let me gra- get my shit and I'll get off the fucking plane. No. It's, it's, it's still, it's still, it's still not a win-win situation. Yeah. The, they're, we're calling the cops to get you off this plane, and he got on his phone with his lawyer. Like, that's, to me, too, that's like, a, he's a looking joke. for a fight. Doing something exactly. like that. That's, that's why a I said the minute a out in his mind. The minute the minute he resisted, and they and he saw that they weren't going to give an inch, and they just kept fucking up in the ante to each other to the point where they said, "Okay, fine, we're going to outside sort. We're go, we're going to go to an outside form of the, of authority to get you off this plane." Even before it got to that point, he had to have been thinking in his mind, "What." How can I make this situation worse, and what can I get out of it? It's the only thing I can think of. It's, it's maybe it's because to me, an, anybody nope. but an opportunist would have got off the fucking plane. Yeah, there's no logic to his, his actions at all. And then Chris, you hit it right on the head. To sneak back on the plane, what the fuck are you thinking, stupid? He ran back. I'm sure that had to be hilarious in the right state of mind, watching him run back on the plane. Oh, shit, he ran back on! Like, someone had to think that in the plane. Like, oh, my God! Like, seriously, if if I heard a 10-year-old child acted this way, I would be like, wow, what a fucking brat. And I hear an adult act this way, and I go, what a fucking cocksucker. And he's already bred. He's got four kids. That's the problem. He's apparently still in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he claims he needs reconstructive surgery. His injuries are getting worse. He's the only person in the history of medicine whose injuries are getting worse the more time passes. <laughs> yes, the farther, the farther away from the incident, the more breaks they find. The more treatment he's getting, the worse he's getting. He's and forever going to be that guy that goes, hold on, let me get my neck brace. Yeah. I feel yeah, like we need to do a Brady Bunch when he's in the when he's in I the, the, I somebody might photograph me. 
We need to do a Brady brunch to a Brady bunch to him when he's in a courtroom and when he's got the neck brace on and throw <laughs> yeah. a book down and see if he jerks his head real quick towards the sound of the book and be like, ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a dumb situation all around. Like I said, I just. It's not worth our deposition. I, I baked these cookies for you. Don't they and here smell you go. nice? Here you go, Rich. Uh, hot, so you can smell. I'll talk a little shit about the United CEO right here. Because what I think what he said is ludicrous is like, we're not going to involve law enforcement anymore in involving pe- asking paying customers to get off our planes. All right. Oh, here's yeah. here's what? plausible situation. You get an urgent alert from the FBI. Hey, there is somebody on your plane. We have proof that is involved. It's going to be some involved some kind of terror situation. And you are now a liar, guy from United, because you tell me uh, law enforcement ain't going to come on that plane. <laughs> so, ain't buying that one. That's that's bullshit. Yeah. But- you know, I mentioned Delta earlier. There, did did you hear what their response to this situation was? I, I don't know. I was on their plane. Offering, Thank God it's not us. Offering up to ten thousand dollars if a passenger is bumped from their flight. What? Huh? Uh, hey, guess what happened on Sunday? Better uh, get out United, son. My about to. You said Delta. <laughs> the United money. What? Did <laughs> you, Del- you said Delta's offering ten thousand dollars. I got bumped <laughs> from a flight on Sunday. You're right. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Oh. I meant Delta. I meant Delta. Del- yes, I, Delta. Yes, Delta is the. I, I fly Delta. You're telling me I could get ten grand right now. Yeah, uh, I, that's what they said. That's oh the, shit, that's son! Did our advertising budget just go up? <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think. I think you need to record this phone call for quality control assurances. On oh, both we're putting sides. this out, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Oh, are you shitting me? I'm going you, to Google this when we are done. The, the minute, like, the minute yes, we know you what can the, delay my flight and you can reroute me to Vegas, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going in like two weeks to Vegas, actually. Three or four weeks. <laughs> I'm going to uh, have to travel on Mother's Day and Father's Day this year. That's going to go over well. <laughs> but Fuck that shit. I'm driving home. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, Delta, huh? Nice. I'm, yeah. yeah so that's what I heard on NPR today. I heard that... You can't do like, t- no take backs, Delta. Right before we went on, so I haven't investigated this, but that's the story that I heard that Delta is going to offer up to ten thousand dollars. I don't think that's where it starts. Although I did hear. Oh, you know. Oh, you know what they're probably doing. Uh, oh no, it's not. Oh, damn it, it's not if. I know. I already know how this story ends. It's not if you've ever. It's not if you've been bumped from a flight. It's uh, the shit they offer you. The money. The hey, we've got a. Uh, when the flight's over, trust me, I, I, I flew in and out of New York for two years, heard it all the time. Hey, this flight is oversold. We're looking for volunteers uh, to come. But I guess, too, That's in my experience with Delta, it, it Delta gets over 500. People start running for that counter. What? Over 500 bucks? Because Delta's reasonably priced. Well, nobody bid at eight hundred on the United Airlines. Which flight. I don't understand. Chicago to Louisville, that's like almost probably four tickets. If you right. buy, like... Maybe maybe three, or maybe four. Definitely, probably that's probably three tickets back and forth to Chicago round trip, Chicago to Louisville. If you want to do like, that are again, you fucking serious. Like I know not everybody is either a doctor or has a job interview tomorrow. One of you can afford to spend an extra day here, basically on us. What Adam Carolla say? Go find the single guy in the cardigan. Look for a beard. You know, see who's got a guess who's just got a cat at home. Oh, dude! If they didn't come up to me, and uh, you know, you have to get off. Oh, well, I'm gonna miss work, so somebody gets to call my boss and handle that situation, and that's the tip of the iceberg. I gotta get off. Uh, 
usually I wait till the plane takes off and then I go in the bathroom, but... I mean, hey, if you want me to shoot a load right here, shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it is boring sitting on a tarmac waiting. If yeah. it's me coming home and they right, it hasn't been yet. Because, uh, too, I got to not have something to do. You know, but if I hadn't had some, you know, I mean, there's been times where did they force their hand and like, hey, we're changing your plans. But if I got nothing going on, they get near a grand. I'm standing up. You get over 500. Hey, I got nothing to do tomorrow. It's only from coming home. I thought, See, now, th- I, I think the only I, thing I that makes it. me not believe this Delta story is that I thought that it was capped at $1,300 or maybe it was 1350 that they well, can maybe, legally get to bump you. Well, yeah, well, just maybe Delta's changing their policy. Hey, we're going over the cap. I think that's but if they give you, if they give you 1300 in cash for your hassle and then give you the what, the other... And Monty Hall comes out with a skinny microphone and counts it out in your hand. Well, no, but they give you the other eighty-three hundred bills. If the rest of the plane counts. They give you the other eighty-three hundred in, like you know, a hotel room, uh, you know, <laughs> vouchers for flying future, hey. you know, future trips. That's but the way now you have a choice. Yeah, here you go, you motherfucker. Have, was it behind door number one? Check. You can have all the cash that's in my hand right now from CNN. <laughs> This plane. 620, CNN Money. Delta customers can now be offered nearly $10,000 for giving up their seats on overbooked flights. So they're not saying it's not going to stop happening, but they're up in the ante. A company spokesperson confirmed to CNN Money that supervisors were previously only able to offer up to $1,350. But Delta notified them on Friday that they'll now be able to offer up to 9950 in compensation. Gate agents are now also authorized to offer up to more as well, up to two thousand dollars, up from eight hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm a regular Delta customer. This is good news to me. That means my travel voucher that they're going to throw me for Sundays probably just <laughs> got a lot more. It's going to be a lot more valuable than maybe previously expected. I, I bet you're liking this doctor now, huh? Oh, the rich get richer. Doctor, what's his name? Doctor. Dr. No, Pat- but still, fuck him because I travel with people like that <laughs> all the time. Like it's, uh, I don't know, man. Asians and whitey trade yeah. go back and forth for the rudest passengers. I mean, Aaron, the story I told what you if, on the weeds, man. Two Ds every time a a, a, a a comfort animal took a shit on a plane. Fuck yeah. Maybe like, hey, bring those dogs on, why don't you? Well, I could. T- I'll tell the story, the bridge story to Rich because we. I, t- I told it. Shoes. I, I told it on the Weedsman. I don't. Th- I, I didn't tell it on on this podcast. Uh, uh, earlier on, or, or either later, early on this year. I don't know. Whatever. It was last year, I think. Uh, a flight from Portland to Seattle gets delayed. Um, I, I, it had to be winter time because like ice was involved, an ice storm and shit. Um, but. Get delayed. Um, razor thin, like margin here for making the connector. Because if you know anything about the Seattle airport, like there's trains involved to getting the gates. Like it's a huge fucking airport. And if you got the yellow fever, Aaron, I'm telling you, man, you just sit in this airport and that. dude. <laughs> the second language in the trams is uh, Japanese. I'm just saying. Like in you know, in other countries, it's Spanish. In the Seattle airport, it's Japanese. But so get to the Does gate. Jeans have anything but food in them. What's that? Nothing. Never mind. Gotcha. Are you hoping for little girl panties? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm oh. hoping for anything. I'm just asking questions. Moving on. Finish your story. Every bathroom has a blonde woman peeing in it. 
<laughs> but uh, so you know, everyone on this flight who's got this connector, you know, who's got to make this flight, uh, anyone who's going to uh, uh, Detroit, our flight is, you know, we're all just sweating. Like, oh man, are we gonna make this? Like, I don't know. Even people in the train. You know, we're all bullshitting, like, oh, who's going to Detroit? Me. Oh, this sucks. Are we going to make it? Oh, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Like, I mean, it's that close. Like, you know, we're all, everybody's running. I'm walking swiftly because I've also learned, like, literally the, the tortoise and the hare, like, fable works out in real life. Like, people who run, something always happens. Like, they drop something, they got to stop, they got to pick it up. Like, I just walk at my brisk pace, you know, and I get there at, like, the same time. Well, some guy, yeah, also, whoever gets there first. Yeah. They get on, they're going to be like, hey, you know, it's not like you're going to be 200 yards behind them. Oh, exactly. Like, I'm like, no time, and the door's shutting. Well, I'm just like, yeah, if, they're, if you're running, like, man, I'm going to get there 30 seconds later than you. Like, whatever. You know, like, I'll walk right. at my pace. Like, is this happening for all of us, or it's not? Yes. So, you know, we get to the gate, boarding doors closed. I'm like, well, there you go. Like, I just immediately get on the phone, because I've, I've been here before. You know, like, well, whatever. I, I, I mean, I thought about it. Like, I missed it. I, I mi- story. Well, yeah, it's like, I missed it. It's their fault. This is going to end well for me. You know? Right. Well, I initially get on the, like, hey, just missed my flight. It's your fault. What are you going to do? They're like, hey, uh, we got you on the next one. It's at 9.30, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. Got some extra bonus miles, whatever. That's what, that's what they do. <laughs> but there's an Asian gentleman. <laughs> he is flipping out. Send away for the camel pin, uh, pool table? Uh, no, not yet. Oh, that's Marlboro that had miles. Sorry. Yeah. No, the, yeah. no, I have no. They're called Sky Miles. Like yeah. I have, like I've taken a vacation once a year, and you know, and with the old lady before she moved here, uh, you know, would use her flying back and forth for her to come visit me, go see her, all that kind of shit. Uh, yeah. But this get this dude is flipping out. He's banging on the door. You, you know, he is like, oh, I gotta get on this plane. God, fucking picks up the intercom speaker and goes, I need assistance to boarding to get, uh, B5, please assistance to boarding to B5. I'm just sitting there like, because two, I'm flying out of Portland, I ate an edible before I left, I'm high as hell, and I'm just in my head like, what? <laughs> this guy is going to get slide tackled. You <laughs> like, Tom Cruise is going to come flying out of the ceiling on ropes. and yeah, He's sitting there trying to fuck with the door and open it, and I'm like, dude, you can't fuck with the door at the airport. Like, <laughs> And then he gets on the speaker, and I'm just like, "Wow!" Like, and yeah, man. Like, so I'm saying, like, Rich, I've had experiences like this. Like, this is why, like, I, I just, I'm sorry, man. Like, I know I'm on an island, and because, and trust me, because I had a random SJW come out and try to settle my hash on Twitter. That was hilarious. But I know I'm on an island on this. Just You've seen this crazy tight. Yes, just I know it's out there, and just like. I don't know why I'm so surprised that Donald Trump is our president because I'm in the airport every other week. Like, <laughs> yeah, but you get what you have to understand is that when I think of this situation, I think of what I would do, and I would have not let the situation escalate one tenth yeah. that this gentleman did. So I'm I'm thinking of it coming from my point of view, which is I might say some you know same person, yeah. I might say I might say some words that you might are, grumble under your breath. Polite aren't are supposed to be used in polite company, mixed company, whatever you know, like cocksuckers or something under my breath on the way out the door. But I'm not going to fucking I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hold a whole plane hostage because I don't want to be held hostage. Yeah, you know, do you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like this guy is an asshole. Yes, but the policy is flawed. And okay. on top of that, you telling me 
they can't fucking squeeze four people who are crew members someplace on a fucking plane without having to take a, an actual it's seat my, up. My whole bugaboo in this with the with the, the policy is like, trust me, because I've been you know I haven't been in this situation, but uh, I I I wouldn't have been super pleased if I was in that situation. I'd have got up and grumbled. Like I said, I'd have been on the phone immediately. I would have been voicing my displeasure to the person on the phone while I'm getting off the plane so the airline employees could hear me bitch. Like, you should have done it before you got everyone on the plane. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand why that didn't happen. Like, it should have just been, like, when you're scanning your ticket, oh, hey, whoops, nope, Uh, sorry, you got to give up your seat, you've been picked, like, step over here, we'll take care of you. Like, shouldn't have have let them get on the plane and sit. Or, and I I know... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I know this is shocking, and I know that no corporation ever does this. Just lie to me. Tell me that yeah, it's overbooked, and you you were one of the unlucky ones that overbooked it, and we're gonna do our best to accommodate you until the next plane leaves. Or just even do do what I mean. I see it all the time too. Uh, like all the time when people are uh, passenger blankety blank to the podium. You could have done it that way before you boarded it. Call them to the podium. Hey man. Like, don't even let them scan sporting pass. Call them to the podium. Because they do it like when they upgrade people or when they confirm and standby. Passenger blankety blank to the podium. You could have done it that way. Like, come to the. And then you break the bad news to them before they get on the plane. And handle it there. Like, yeah, I. Yes. But still. Ugh. The, like, the, the last thing that, that I want to say that popped in my mind on this story was I've heard horror stories from people I've known. People on, you know, radio personalities over the years since 9/11 about being kept on planes and held on the tarmac. And one of the one of the go-to reasons is because if you get off the plane, we're not going to be able to make sure your luggage goes with you. We would have to dig through, you know, the luggage, etc., etc., etc. So, uh, me being a smartass, first thing I'm thinking is if they're prom- making him all these promises, if he gets off the plane, he'll get this, he'll get this, he'll get this. I'd have been like, well, you gonna make sure you can get my luggage off because. If we're sitting on the tarmac for seven hours and won't let us off the plane because we might get separated from our luggage is your excuse. What's the excuse? And where's that excuse now? You know, I just thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, wow. All of a sudden, when they need those seats, boy, they get motivated to do yeah, their fucking they job. They find don't they? luggage. Well, yeah, they find it real quick, and, don't they? All right. And, and just a bow I want to put on it, too, with me, and it might not be a very popular bow again, but I'm used to being on an island or just in this situation because this is... It's one of these things where I'm staying on my ground. America, like, I don't know, just is. And it's it's a line from Oprah via 30 Rock, and I had this realization, I think, a couple trips ago. Like, you know why we get treated like we get treated at the airport and by the airlines? Because we've taught them to treat us like that. Like, I guess that's kind of like part of it, too. Like, I don't know. Like I said, it's, I'm, 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 I know I'm filtered through the lens that not a lot of people are filled through as a regular user of the airlines. I'll, I'll also put that qualifier at the end of everything I just said. But I, that goes for politicians as well. I totally agree. We've, we've taught, we've elected the trip politicians that treat us like shit. We encourage this behavior. I wish I could find it. I think it was college humor. They did a, a skit about, uh, if America was your boyfriend, how bad of a boyfriend he'd be. And yeah, basically, it, 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 <laughs> in the end, it came down to like, you know, the, the, the boyfriend that was symbolically America in the relationship was like, well, why do you keep choosing people like me? It's your fault. You get what you deserve, you know? And it, it, it's like we've, we've taught the airlines and the TSA to treat us like 
children because that's how we act. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, it's. Like, well, I mean, I look. I agree with you guys when you said, "Look, we've had this conversation about cops." There's a couple incidences this last week. Uh, yeah, that shit, like that shit that happened at San Diego, was shit to get outrageous about. Like that guy's just jaywalking. You know, but I, but outrageous, hey, outraged. I, I hate to, I hate to, I hate to be this guy. I guess I'm. I guess I might be on the island this time. But homeboy took his jacket off nice and slow and threw it to the side. Uh, in certain circles I've traveled into my life, that's the universal language for we're about to fucking throw down. You start fucking pulling your clothes off and your shirt off and shit, and you're in, in the middle of a heated situation. That's telling me that you want to fucking do something to me. Oh, that's true, I guess. So if I'm a cop, I'm taking your ass down, and you should have just fucking done what I told you. How many times have we said that? We've all been pulled over and fucked with. We've all been pulled over and, and, and unrightly fucked with, and it, we knew what's the point of starting a big fucking situation right here? There is none. It's just going to make things worse. A co- you, am I willing to risk my life that a cop is going to de-escalate a situation instead of escalate it? No, I'm not. Is that shitty that I have to feel that way? Yes, it is. But just like a shitty airline policy, this is the world we live in. The world is not how we would like it to be. The yeah. world is how it is. And we have to function in that world. So you have to know. I can get away with a couple, this is some bullshit, y'all a bunch of cocksuckers on the way out the door, but if I stand up and say, you're going to have to drag me off this plane, well, basically you just told them, you just guaranteed that that's what they're going to do to you. Yeah. Have you ever seen a police video that ends with, hey, you know what? You're right. Have a good night. No. (laughs) Like, that's, you've never seen that footage. Actually, I even go overboard. I Eddie Haskell the fuck out of the police. <laughs> oh Jesus! I'm serious it, because what what have you got to lose? I mean, be, first of all, if you're nice to the cops, then even if they are busting you for something, they got to give you a ticket or they got to you know take you in. You know, I've had warrants out for stupid shit before, and they're like, "Hey, I'm sorry, but I got to do this. this. Is my job." Your like, Twitter, no, your Twitter photo, right? I, I, yeah, it's great, that, dude. My mugshot. That was an unjust. That was totally unjust. I was I was totally innocent in that photo. That's why I posted it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'll I'll apologize right back to him. Hey, I'm sorry to put you through this. Leave it to be. You know, like this is this is either a misunderstanding or I put myself in the situation, sorry, and I know that you don't want to do this either. So yeah, you know, it's okay. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a kiss ass to the guy who has the gun and the power I know like, that's, I, and I hate that attitude of oh, what are you laying down to the man in this situation yes I don't have a weapon I, this is just survival instinct kicking in if he, if he had a badge or not it's a guy with a gun like if, if this was just a random person on the street that was like uh, hey you should do what I say because I'm pointing this at you alright that's what but, we're doing. Like, but, you know, we get into dangerous territory with this analogy because we're we're also in a climate where, uh, I mean, this doesn't necessarily carry over to maybe a black guy getting pulled over. I guess I just do what I gotta do to keep on going about about my day. Like that advice holds, but it's not the same situation. Like I didn't think I've never been in a situation with a cop where I thought he would actually either draw a gun on me or hit me for some reason. Well, so. I mean, I've I've been I've been hit and I've had 
a weapon drawn on me by a police officer. And both times I was in a group and there was one time it was one person who wouldn't shut up. And the next time it was two people who wouldn't shut up. And so they were like, oh, so you're in part, you're part of this group and you got these two loud mouths. Everybody's paying the price. And I mean, literally shit that was said to us as we were fucking, you know, handcuffed and thrown down on the curb was everybody look over at your buddy right here and say thank you because he's the reason you're sitting here in handcuffs. They knew they they knew to play it like it was boot camp. You know, hey, look, this one guy fucked up. Everybody pays for it. Don't be mad at us. Be mad at him. And that's why I was. I was like, why the fuck would you sit there and argue with a cop, dude? What is the point of that? You're not going to win. You're not going to win. All right. I mean, I'm sorry. I hate to say this. The guy that got, that was jaywalking, is it a bullshit thing to come over and fucking harass him about jaywalking? Yes. If I was that cop, I'd be like, dude, what are you doing? You see me standing here. Act like you're even somewhere near the crosswalk next time. Seriously. And I went on about my day. But the people recording it who were all flipping out and like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did you see that? And then flipped the camera around to the people in the neighborhood standing there watching and said, oh, of course you didn't see it because they were white and shit. You're instigating a situation. Yep. And I'm sorry, I, I, how, how I, am I supposed to turn a blind eye to that? Because why? Because I'm white? Because well, I don't fuck with the cops? Because I don't, get, I don't sit there and go, I don't sit there and go, well, you disrespected me, pig. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he disrespected me. One, I'm anti-Jay Walker in general. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it's just, it, it, if you walk into a situation expecting it to go south, not preparing yourself for it to go south, but expecting it to, you're going to act accordingly. And then when it goes south, people that do this tend to be the first ones to go, well, what the fuck happened? This is bullshit. What did you expect to happen? It, it, you can't go through life going, I'm, you know, I'm constantly ready for a fucking argument and a fight, and then be shocked when you're constantly in arguments and fights. It just doesn't make sense. And I, I guess the more we talk about it, the more I come over to your side of saying the guy's an asshole. I thought the guy was an asshole refusing to get off the plane and saying, you'll have to drag me off of here. be honest with you, I haven't seen the video. I've seen snippets. I haven't seen the whole thing. And when he was screaming when they were fucking pulling him off, I was like, you got to be kidding me, dude. That's a grown man doing that? You're a 70-year-old adult male. I mean, just my just my pride wouldn't let me be that big of a bitch in front of a bunch of people I didn't know. Like, I don't know how else to explain. I, I'd almost rather just take an ass whooping in front of a bunch of people I don't know than have that happen. Because that mm -hmm. makes me look like a fucking child, you know? If I get my ass whipped, well, I, it happens, you know? <laughs> you know what I thought of when I heard his scream? The madman scream from Dark Side of the Moon. That, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true right at the beginning. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. What? That's it. it. It goes into what's the song? Um, breathe. breathe, breathe, yeah. breathe in the air. Yeah. yeah. Hold on, I gotta. Well, yeah. Like, what a retarded week. And, oh, I said the R word. Ooh, whoops. Sorry. But, uh, this is just one of those weeks. I'm like, wow. What's what's going on, everybody? Like, yeehaw, Mer America. Thanks to everybody who listens. Like, I see the downloads. Like, something's going on while I'm Regiment's man. Getting out there. You know, it's... It, People be uh, spreading the word and sharing it. Yeah. And, you know, well, thank you very much. Yeah. 
they're, uh, I thought about it like, man, and we're only on one day a week. But we still give them the same amount of content. We just used to split it up. Now you just get one big old fat dose of unregimented all at once. He's thinking it. it we must be making sense. That's all I think about. We don't play this Blurp. just the tip game with you anymore. You get the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, but yet, you've been going to ChristopherMedia.net, subscribing on iTunes. Hey, uh, just, we got a button on ChristopherMedia.net. It says rate and review. You, just, you hit it, it goes to our subscriber page, it's got all of our shows, and you can pick your favorite podcast. You start here, and then rate it. Five stars, please. You know, maybe it's a four, you know, four and we got some work to do, I can take that. You know, but just it's how people, when people check out new podcasts, they look on reviews and they read about, you know, it's, it's like anything else nowadays, quite honestly, because when, when I'm buying stuff, like what am I about to buy? I'll like try and read the Google review. Or not so much read the reviews as just maybe see, you know, how many people actually, you know, are the five stars a lot and there's like two one stars. Right, yeah, I don't read necessarily a lot of individual reviews, but it's like Bill Cosby, you know? There's like 37 one stars, you're like, something's going on there. Yeah, exactly. We don't want I might, to be, actually, we might Bill, actually listen to a podcast with all one star reviews just to see how big of a train wreck it is. I know, right? But we, <laughs> we don't want to be the Bill Cosby podcast people, all right? We want all five stars. We want you awake when we sniff your hair and masturbate. We don't need you asleep. All right, we want to be your Louis C.K. of podcasts. He came out, it's got like a five-star rating on that bitch. All right, the Dave Chappelle, his Netflix, but they're all five stars right, right now. It's so good that you don't mind that we molest you. We want to be the Dave Chappelle of podcasts, not... So, oh, damn, I can't... Dave, you stop it right there. <laughs> uh, you can email the show unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. Follow us on Twitter at UnregimentedPod. On Instagram at unregimented, and we will see you next week. All right, later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.